0: Zero3D.com features a wide variety of innovative products for the Harley Touring Market as well as other types.
1: Hey Liza, that's us. We're the other types. I'm checking out this site right now.
0: They have a well-rounded product line from chrome to lighting and comfort.
1: Hell yeah they do. They got a lot of chrome and a bunch of LED lighting accessories. You know what that means, right? Less stress on your stator.
0: Zero3D.com. Takes a clean slate approach to design and manufacturing.
1: Yeah, I'm checking out the Cypher Air Cleaner. It's pretty minimalist, but it still has exotic styling.
0: Distributed in the United States by Drag Specialties. In Europe, parts Europe and Zodiac. And in Asia by Twin Art. Passion for design and innovation. Always something new to see at Ciro3D.com.
1: Yo, Liza, why are you talking like that?
0: because the ladies love it. (laughs) I like it. Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. I've been receiving a lot of messages lately, thanking me for what I do with this garage, especially our Patreon supporters. And it's been, honestly, overwhelming. We continue to get more and more Patreon subscribers and I'm amazed by it. But a lot of people are saying they're doing it because they want to support what we're doing here. And that they think it's really special, the community that we have. And I don't, I don't disagree, especially with Robert Panja, our guest last week, who's doing uh, Give a Shift to help build the motorcycle community and the industry back mm-hmm. up. And I know that what we do here is a part of that, but I want to make sure that people know that the thanks are to everybody. Um, I just had the idea to put some chairs out. And, and the concept to do this. But you know, I'm not alone in doing this. So I, as much as I appreciate all the thanks and all the support, I want to make sure that everybody knows that this is a community that has been built up. And it's been people like Doug, who when he first came here, he helped me build this community. He helped bring new people in. And you know, Zach and Bagel who've both donated so much of their time with the podcast doing all the production stuff. You know, I cannot do this alone. Um, Emma for the the advice and knowledge that she has brought that's just elevated what we can accomplish, things that took us a long time to figure out and a lot of research. And and, and she she can handle it right away. Even cat who somehow manages just to attract she's a dude magnet and she brings people in but not just because she's a hot chick because she's uh, you know a hot chick who rides hard and knows what she's talking about and people seem to think that that's really cool and I think a lot of them are even intimidated you know because this is the kind of, of community that we create here you know and Jim who whatever we're doing he's all in Always all in. There's so much stuff I could not do without Jim. Knock, who brings the funny, but also he says he needs to keep me level and on the ground. He's always berating me for crazy shit. (laughs) Um, But we can even go back to Zoe, who helped create the podcast. John and Modi, who are here coming down from the city every weekend to be a part of this. Lucas, just because. Mean Megan, Adrian, Jake, there's so many people that have contributed Mike, award-winning Mike you know you don't hear him that much but he's still showing up, coming around being a part of this Charlie, I still don't know what he does Micah, (laughs) Isaac everyone contributes I just want to make sure people know that this is not a single person who's created this and what I want to do is I want to encourage other people you can do this too you can build a community like this This is not lightning in a bottle. You know, everyone says we have this amazing cast of characters. Anyone can do this. And especially now in this time, you know, like I said, with Give a Shift, trying to make change and to build a better community. This is a time that I'm just going to reach out to people and say, if you ever thought of building a community, do it. Do it. Just open your garage to help people or, or meet people or help each other. So that's it. I, I asked everyone to be quiet. I wanted just to give that speech because I was just thinking this morning, you know, we have those moments where you think, I'm just so fortunate for everything that I have. But it's not just me. It's everyone. So thank you to our Patreon subscribers. Thank you to people who have sent messages. Thank you to people who support us. But just know it's it's a whole community and you can have this
2: too. Thank you. And this remarkably touching moment brought yeah. to you by Liza and Branflakes. <laughs> Branflakes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, there it is. I somebody died or something stressing us out. You to get all sappy on us? What the fuck?
0: No, I think it's still part of the, it's a new year and what's laying, you know, what lies ahead. But really I have been thinking a lot about, I, I, I admit Robert Panda's got me thinking a lot. What can I do? What can we do? What can people do to save motorcycling? And I don't think it's going away. It would
2: not be our usual selves. It'd be a good
1: start. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, try and be responsible. Send your extra, extra. Uh, oh, it's
4: Bosnese.
3: Uh-huh. It's Mr. B. Man, he was crying. The mayor of Santa Cruz himself. Bosley,
2: hey, Bosley is responsible. He's, he's excited
3: fuck. <laughs> look at that. Here
5: to
0: fuck shit up.
2: Yes, he is. So,
0: let's just get to who is here in the train right room today. Hey, everyone. This is Liza. Uh, over by the door, we've got Zach.
6: Back again by popular demand.
0: Yeah, you is. <laughs> you are rocking that one-piece tracksuit today. <laughs>
6: It was too sweet, so I took it off.
0: <laughs> then sitting next to me, we've got Devin. Okay, <laughs> running the board. We've got Bagel.
1: Wrench to ride, ride to wrench. Yeah, right.
0: I like that one. Why don't we have that on a t-shirt? Right. Yeah, that's good. Oh wait, because our bikes don't break down as much as yours. Uh,
1: t- t- Shut yourself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> on the classy girl couch tonight, we've got Miss Emma. Bass. How
2: low can you go? <laughs> Death row. What a brother knows. Once again, back is the incredible. The rhyme animal. The uncannibal. Nark. Public enemy number one. Five O said reason. I got no. <laughs> <Wow>. Hello, darling <laughs>
7: Wow, I love it. Uh-huh. The public enemy to start. Right.
0: Off. also on the classic girl couch tonight, we've got Cat. Meow. Just, I just nice and up. simple. Gave up yeah, a while nice ago. Simple. This is my <laughs> life now. <laughs> and bringing up the end of the classic girl train, we've got Knock.
3: I'm gonna start a dating site for people who are into kickboxing, and I'm gonna call it Knee Harmony.
0: Oh God. <laughs> <laughs>
5: beekeepers <laughs> you have like bee, bee, harmony, bee, harmony, bee for,
3: harmony for the apiary enthusiasts
7: that's because every time knock approaches a girl at the bar he gets kneed that's in the trunk right, yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly I gotta, I gotta
7: know how to block the high kicks line. man
0: you know right oh, in the coconut wait wait, wait. hold that because coming up around the bend we've got naked jim
2: hey hey thank you that's no while a, we oh, a, all hey. i wanted hey. to say is while we were on the subject of knees i always wanted to start um, you know, a catering business, and wins. if there would there'd be two people wearing skirts, and then you could call them the four knee caterers. Sorry. Uh.
8: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh.
2: That's a
7: good, uh, well played. I no, like that. that was I, a good one. You
2: know, I was happy with it. Okay. Like, it's, Liza's it's all looking puns it's all human no Liza's puns. looking very grim right now so we'll move on to motor, <laughs> motorbike topics <laughs> so don't you just like so regret promising.
3: saying that big old long speech
2: I know now. that shit in the beginning <laughs> just kind of weirded everybody it's out like I was again. like wait
7: a minute what?
6: we, 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 we ruined it, ruin everything it's yeah. fine
5: this is why we can't have nice things Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's alright hey um I wanted to give a quick update for people who've been following Dakar anyone mm-hmm. anyone mm-hmm. yeah a little bit Catching well,
3: the uh, YouTube stuff on him. Yeah, I know. It's I over. wish they had better It's cover. over. Yeah.
0: And Matthias Wachner, he won. Wachner.
3: Oh no, no. god, Boz. KTM seventeen years in a row fucking dominating that shit, man. I fucking hate it. I want I want somebody else to win. Mm-hmm. Um, when, you're, when
5: you're good, you're
0: good. And you may remember yeah. I had said, uh here's some some people to watch, uh Toby Price. Mm-hmm. He came in third. Nice, mm-hmm. cool and the KTM. Then we also had uh, Lia Sands, uh, the woman. Mm. She came in twelfth.
8: Okay, right on. Mm-hmm.
0: And then uh, just to give you an idea of the times. Like Matthias uh, came in at forty three hours six minutes. Um, Toby Price forty three hours twenty nine minutes. Uh, Lia Sands forty six hours two minutes. And then um, Sean had his friend, who had done it he also finished and i'm looking up his time oh he's way down there that, oh here he is bill conger of us 69 hours 46 minutes America, oh, wow. 69. i remember matthias was at 43 um the last finisher came in at 123 hours wow, wow. that's yeah. hard earned that is so hard earned but here's something i thought was really cool so the you know they have different categories actually they have the bikes and they have quads, quads and trucks. then they they also have the cars they have the uh side by side which is like those right. mule kind of things mm-hmm. and then they have the trucks and the trucks are ridiculous oh, they are wicked. actual like big Diesel,
3: they're yeah, the, yeah. the uh, support
0: trucks? trucks, aren't they? Or are
2: they? they just, no, 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 they're, they're,
0: they're, they, they're custom
2: built yeah. racing trucks. Right. They're crazy, uh, right. but
0: the support trucks are X racing trucks. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what they are. Mm. Just to give you an idea, again, so um, one second. Uh, that was uh, hold on. Second was. I think it was a Honda factory, right? Mm. Nope, sorry. I had to go back to that page. Oh, wait. No, second was um, Kevin Benavides.
7: Benavides, yeah.
0: Yeah. uh, Am I remembering correctly? The the biggest
7: engines are 450s?
0: Yeah, they're 450s. 450s. So just to give you an idea, so the motorcycles, Matthias came in at 43 hours. The quads, the top winner in the quad category? We don't care. Fifty-three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, the cars. Well, you guys want to take a guess: faster or slower than Probably quads?
3: Faster. faster than the quads. Faster than the bikes. I'm guessing. Yeah, faster.
0: The yeah. fastest car, Carlos Sainz, signs forty-nine hours.
7: Oh, okay. Wow. Mm, wow okay.
3: Wow.
0: And the uh, the side by sides. 72 hours. Right, that doesn't surprise compared me. Compared to the trucks, 54 hours. Mm. So the, the the slowest are actually those mm. little side-by-sides. Right. So mm. I think just flat out, but they don't have much. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't look
7: fun. But agree,
0: so. motorcycles, the fastest vehicle,
2: and the hardest race I'm in the surprised.
0: World.
7: Yeah. But you
2: know, if you go back a few years, I mean, everyone here, or the older ones of us remember when it was the Paris Dakar. Actual yeah. Paris and and Dakar. Oh, yeah. God, I can remember when it started in Paris. I mean, a few Years it'd be chucking it down with snow, hmm. and of course, you'd see all these guys on the adventure bikes, and they'd be just freezing their asses off. <laughs> and you know, you've got yeah. X amount of hours of nor- northern Europe winter to get through before. Oh yeah, they encountered
0: enter. everything absolutely. down in South America. Those guys
3: are like hard-ass motherfuckers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, Good lord.
0: Um, I was really enjoying so I mm-hmm. was watching all this on Red Bull TV, which you can stream so if you have streaming service on your TV or your computer, you can just go to Red Bull TV. It's free. I should think if you drink a lot of Red
2: Bull, Red Bull, you will be streaming quite yes, a lot. Yes, streaming quite a lot.
8: <laughs> and I, I mentioned
0: before, I found a really interesting uh, movie on there called Paying the Price, which was a story of Toby Price, mm-hmm. who came back from a really bad back injury. It was very well done. Well, um, uh, Matthias uh, Wagner... Wagner um, That I just watched a movie today uh, called One Track Back that's about him. It's a documentary about him. And I didn't know that a few years ago he uh, broke his leg, a really bad break, and he was going through extreme uh, rehabilitation. It got to a point where the leg just wasn't healing, the bone wasn't healing, and he didn't know if he was going wow. to be able to just walk properly mm-hmm. let alone ride so the fact that he came back from that kind of injury is amazing and so and this wanted. documentary i mean this this kid was amazing after when he was a kid after a week of getting his first uh, dirt bike he entered into a race, and I think he won or, or placed a week after he received it mm. when he was a kid. And I think the first year he entered into like professional Metacross racing, he won. Like mm. He's just like a
2: wonder kid. But you know, there, there, is, no a, fear, Gene. Th- there yeah. is a link. I mean, if you think about it, the drive that actually makes these guys so competitive, number one, puts them in a position where they are going to smash up their bodies sooner or later. But secondly, if that happens, that same drive is really going to carry you through the most debilitating injuries. But, yeah. You so, to, yeah. I mean, no, it, it really doesn't surprise me. Don't
3: don't forget, these people are world-class athletes. Like, oh, if absolutely. You think about Michael Jordan or, like, whoever, baseball or football, whatever sport, you know, professionally you, playing.
7: You know what it makes me think numbers. about is, remember when Tony Guerra was here? Mm-hmm. And it's like he only rides, like, four or five times a year, and right. it's when he's doing these Endurance desert right. events,
3: and you don't
2: you don't really realize, and he it spends there. the yeah. rest of the year uh, getting himself in shape to making babies. It's amazing, yeah. yeah, yeah. So
0: anyway, um, it was really fun to watch. So I I recommend if you haven't watched it, go check out Red Bull TV. Yeah, yeah. they it's, have a lot of good. Coverage. You can see a lot
3: of cool uh, animated gifs on on uh, on the internet, or the yeah. guys doing crazy shit with their bikes. I'll see saving was, it.
7: You know, I was a little disappointed. I wish they would. You could find like Ayersberg at least. Red Bull would do like a four hour Clip like, hey, we're going to show basically the race start to finish, at least you yeah. know. And I wish they did that with the car. It's you know, it seems they like can't.
0: Th- they don't have the coverage everywhere. They've yeah. only got so many helicopters. But I mean, it
7: seems like they could cobble and it together. You know
0: hundreds of people out there on the on yeah. Racing. So
7: you follow, you know, you follow three or four of the top guys. But it would have been nice yeah. to see more extensive coverage. But whatever.
0: Mm. Yeah. So um, yeah. So check out the uh, car and check out the uh, Matthias Wachner documentary. Really cool. And they're short. They're only like 20, 30 minutes easy to watch. So we, um, let's see, what have we been covering lately? Oh, I know. Jim did something. Jim, you did a little trip yesterday. What'd you do?
7: Did a thing. I did a thing. Pampered your ass. I did. I got ass pampered. <laughs> <laughs> Not by myself either. Oh, yeah, nice. No, yeah. Nice I had service, a uh, huh? full, it, actually full, custom full service yeah. with coffee. Mm. Uh, no, it was, it was cool. So I went down to, and we've talked about this place before, to uh, Mike Corbin's factory in Hollister to do a ride-in custom seat fitting, which is pretty cool. So I've had this done once before, and the way it works typically is you can order a, a seat from Corbin, and they can, they'll ship it out to you. And I think they probably have pretty much every motorcycle seat they can, they can make down there, and then they can wrap it in whatever coverings you want, different types of leather, vinyl, um, really everything. And, uh, and it's really cool. So you can order it online, and they'll ship it to you. Or if you're fortunate enough to live um, in this part of California willing to ride, on Saturdays they open up for what they call ride-in appointments. So for no extra charge, um, you can write out the Hollister. Uh, pull in. I rode yesterday morning and froze my ass off. It was so cold. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, never mind. When we talked about the podcast, someone asked about how do you ride in wintertime. Mm-hmm. We should just go back and say, we have no fucking clue. <laughs> Don't ask us how we ride in wintertime. We got no fucking clue. I
6: can, I can tell you if you want to.
7: Uh, the answer is it's really cold. It's really cold, yeah. So, But, um, yeah, so the experience is really neat. And so you go out to the uh, Corbin factory, which is out in Hollister, about an hour from here. And you're riding, and they were just opening up, and all the, the workers are coming in because they have the people that, you know, make the seats and do the sewing and all that. You know, maybe a dozen people end up going in. And um, and they have a small cafe there, which is kind of cool. So you pull your bike right into the bay, and uh, one nice thing is, last time I was there, there were probably eight to ten motorcycles there, which is cool because they're all cool motorcycles, you know, and uh, typically expensive, a lot of custom stuff or collectible things. But this time there were only two, is me and this, like, younger guy with a Harley. So... Um, it was a very relaxed atmosphere. And, um, you know, it was cold. but next thing you know, someone's putting a cup of coffee in my hand, which I'm stoked on. And then, um, you know, you meet with one of the guys that's going to basically make your seat for you. And uh, so Ricardo is a guy who, um, you know, we've known and, and met before. Ricardo actually made a seat for Emma for her, uh, her Norton. It's actually featured on the Corbin webpage if you want to see Emma's bike. Yep. So anyway, so I got to work with Ricardo, he's been there for 35 years, so this guy's seen Damn. a lot of seats, yeah, and a lot, of fucking, a lot, of, a, lot you know? of fucking upholstery, yeah, a lot of nice bikes, like, he, he says, like, hey, my friend's like, you should take pictures of the bikes, he's like, you fucking kidding me? How many bikes I see? But um, anyway, um, so anyway, they, they bring out the blank, you sit on it, and then you kind of say, yeah, do this, that, the other thing, so they can build it up or cut it down, and and after doing it for thirty-five years, he's got a pretty good eye for this stuff. So mm-hmm. um, we we beefed up the front of it a little bit, so you weren't sliding into the tank, and some things like that. And then, uh, so then he gets it, starts you know customizing, cutting it basically. Um, then once you like it, they put it the over to the upholstery shop, and they have uh, women in there at the sewing machines that are just literally making the seat right there. So you get to pick all the panels and the materials. So you know I got that beautiful fairing from Emma about a month ago when I threw the the Yamaha in the gutter. And it has that nice um, kind of candy apple metal flake red paint. And we were able to match some of the piping on the seat to the same red. And then a little carbon fiber panel on the bottom, leather on the top with stitching. and,
2: mm. and It's a be- beautiful job. It's, it's amazing. came out nice. They
3: they put a seat, they use the existing seat panel or is that a new one?
7: No, because you know they have the ability to make any seat there. Mm-hmm. They have all the mold. So they, just, they make a new seat, but it's just the blank. So it's not covered. It's yeah. basically, I think, what you would... The basic seat you would buy, right? Yeah, right. just with their proprietary, you know, ass cushion material. Right. And um, and then you sit on it and like I rode around the parking lot and I'm like, yeah, I'm, it's pushing me forward a little bit into the tank. We build the front up a little bit and kind of make it so it cups my ass, like some some woman's mm-hmm. grabbing my ass. That's what I don't feel like. And <laughs> uh, so they do that and um, and then you ride it around again. You're like, that was perfect. He did it like first spot on the first time after we messed with it. And I'm like, that's perfect. We came up with the the theme for the you know the the fabric and the covering and the stitching patterns and all that and he actually sketches it on the seat by hand and that's what the uh, upholstery people follow
3: oh the seams and yeah stuff? the
7: seams and like yeah. where the panels will meet and all that kind of stuff cool. and it's pretty rad yeah and then you hang out so I'm just kicking it there I walked did my own you know self-guided tour through the factory again which is fascinating because they have everything from an old-school metal shop to robotics to You know the the sparrow.
0: I the paint department. Yeah, everything.
7: Everything, and um, so I'm hanging there, and then that pops. Some this guy's like, "Hey, how's it going?" I look up, and it's Mike. So Mike Corbin um, usually shows up there on Saturdays.
2: Mike is such a dear.
7: He's such a nice guy. So he's, "Hey, how's it going?" I'm all, "Hey, Mike, what's happening?" So we start chatting it up and remind him of the stuff that we had done together, and he remembers, um, you know, doing the podcast and we did the podcast from the factory, and then of course Emma's Norton seat that was custom made there. Uh, at your discretion, or whatever direction I well, guess it would be.
2: You know, that, that Norton really put me back on the map, because I, I'd been away from custom bike building for a while. You know, I've been going through some things in my life. And that Norton, gosh, that's going back like maybe five years now. Um, that really got me back into the big league. That was the, the really... The first really high dollar bill mm-hmm. yep. I did hey. and in this period of my
3: life. When, when your life is rough, there's always motorcycles on huh? Exactly. Yeah, um, they
7: both remembered the bike. They're like, yep.
2: Well, and that's it. And it's new, on the website. Course. So if you want to go onto the Corbin website um, and look at the Norton seats, you'll see Midnight Green Commando, and mm-hmm. that's the one they custom did a seat for. But they actually altered it. They photoshopped out a little embroidered Union Jack yeah. on the yeah. side of the sea, <laughs> which I America. supplied. And they <laughs> photoshopped it out because Mike says, you know, everyone's going to want this Union Jack oh, <laughs> on
8: their
1: yeah But
2: they do such a good job. And, yeah. and they're
7: super nice people. They're and the
2: neatest people.
7: So, yeah, I got to BS with Mike for a little while and they have their 50th anniversary coming up. Which was pretty cool. And,
8: um,
7: yeah, what's cool, he's got his 50th, and then I think at the Quail, they're going to honor Arlen Ness. Um, so Arlen Ness is back in town, and then, you know, Sonny's always around, and, you know, we were talking about that, and my, and, you think back to 1972 when the chopper scene was blowing up. You know, you had Arlen Ness doing the custom choppers. Mike came out with the, uh, what was it? it? was the peacemaker seat. It was that right. funky, tall back, glittery mm-hmm. gold 70s shit.
2: Yeah, and It was that, blowing up,
7: and they were all like, you know, he was setting a land speed record. I, I said, hey, at 50-year anniversary, are you going to set another land speed record down in Bonneville? He's like, ah, I'm a little heavy for that now. But he held that electric speed record in 1972, I think, held for 12 years.
2: But, you know, we were talking last week about ambassadors for our sport and in my opinion there there's a core of maybe less than a dozen of heavy hitter ambassadors and mike's one of them oh yeah he's been around forever you know really from the genesis well, they got of great modern stories. biking of, of california you know everyone knows him everyone knows who he is well, I, I, we were
7: talking about Sonny and, and the H.A. dudes, and and um, just a little bit, he's like, yeah, when we were in the Navy, and I think he was in Alameda, he goes, when we were stationed, Sonny and those guys would come in the bar, and we we're like, you know, those dudes are cool. We want to be like them, and I think that's where that their friendship kind of grew out right. of, you know, in whatever, you know, early 70s, late 60s. But yeah, those and you know, so those guys, and it's pretty legit. There's a lot of history there, so yeah, we're going to be going to... Uh, Corbin's for the 4th of the July Independence Day rally, I'm sure. And they're going to be throwing a big party, Mike said, for 50th. Yeah. So, yeah, if anyone's around California uh, that time of year.
3: How long would that take you? Uh Get the seat covered and all that, Jim.
7: I think I left. I got there at eight, mm-hmm. and it took everybody like a good hour to just warm up because it was so cold and get the coffee <laughs> going and all that kind of shit. So, but I got there at eight, and I think I left like 12, 12
3: That's not bad for a Cousin Z, man. It's
7: an all day thing. I was yeah. planning on being there basically, you know, from eight in the morning to four in the afternoon because yeah. it can be
2: that. Um, right. And it was for the Norton seat, but I was very, very picky. You yeah. know, just about the size of the seat. And Ricardo. Nearly strangled me because you know it'd be like, oh, take an inch off, take an yeah, inch off, and yeah. then you took an inch off, and I'm like, no, put it, put back, it back on. on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we got it uh, just so, and then there was there, there then there was an ugly scene with mm. Mike over the material to oh, yeah. cover it with. But it can be an all-day thing. Oh, yeah. well, the, the, it's the, a nice place to hang out. I, that's There's lots I, of you, you know. Yeah,
7: you oh. breakfast at a chorizo omelet.
0: But what I want to remind everyone, because we get a lot of people who threaten to come visit here, that if you really plan, do your planning well, you come visit us on a Sunday but on a Saturday. If you come to this area, it's an, am- it's an amazing thing to oh be yeah. able to go to the Corbin factory and get a custom seat made
2: for you. This is
7: a cool place like well, I said yeah. to check it out.
2: How about How this? Run, yeah. For weekend in Monterey, on a weekend in Monterey, you can go to the Corbin factory. Even if you don't get a seat, you can check it out. You can visit the Jameson. You can visit... Um, the uh, Motor Talbot Talbot. you can come and visit us us. you can ride around Laguna oh yeah yeah
0: so yeah, just uh, just reminds us, you know, when you know, Jim went down, it just reminds us how like awesome that place is.
7: Here's here's how awesome it is. So as I'm leaving, right, I gotta, I have to, I open the door myself because everybody's off doing stuff. So I had to hit the button, and the door goes open, hop on a bike, and as I'm heading out, you know, they have, they do the sparrows down there that are these now they're electric three wheel, you know, future vehicles, and I'm pulling out of the, out of the bay of the garage and making that left to go out to the street. And fucking here this sparrow comes ripping around the corner. It's like fishtailing <laughs> around the corner into the building right in front of, like, where the Wizards Cafe is. And it's Mike. <laughs>
8: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course. Of course like, oh, hey. And he's because, like, oh. because, of course, it's
3: Mike. Of course, yeah. it's Mike. Yeah, yeah. This is my, my place. I get to do this.
8: Right, how, totally. how much did
5: those seats cost you?
7: Then? So yeah. it depends. So mine, so this was an fc one FZ1. FZ1. And um, which Thank is a pretty you, small seat, you know, pretty straightforward. It was three hundred and twenty-six okay. out the door, tax and all that. I think it's totally. worth But if you want to get, yeah. but it can get to five, six hundred dollars really fast. It can get to a grand or two grand. I mean, because some of these are big custom Harley or big, you know, you can make heated, heated, yeah. cooling now, but heated and cooling. What you're,
0: you're that's getting cool? to choose the design and the colors. It's
7: literally yeah, custom. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times too, don't forget, is people bring in custom bikes. That the right. stock seat no longer fits, so now you gotta fabricate, you know, this custom seat to fit your bobbed-out fender or whatever it is you got going. But
5: do they fabricate seat pans? They yeah. can make pretty much what?
7: anything there.
1: Oh yeah. Yep. Oh
5: yeah. Like oh, any- yeah. I, I might need to do that for my I've, ninja. I oh, yeah.
6: I've been in there and seen them doing fabricated seat pans. Yeah. Oh, sure. It's only time and money.
5: Because nothing, nothing. I don't have a seat pan for my ninja anymore since I chopped the subframe off. Well, t- typically
1: what they what they do is they have seat pans ready made for the for those bikes, mm-hmm. right? With the seat foam and everything already on them, and then they just shave it down to yeah, your. Yeah, so they
0: they, right. they can do a custom one. Mm, as long definitely. as it
1: still could take
6: a stock seat pan, right. probably be okay.
0: No, they can, can. They can do a custom one.
6: Okay. Yep. Yeah.
0: They um they tape the whole frame up and then they can pour a resin on there and cast it to the oh, whatever that's right. frame you have. That's um, Cat, yes, you've been doing stuff lately. I've been doing stuff lately. You want to what we did today? Well, Cat's gonna cover this. Is what she's been oh, doing okay. the last couple weeks. Okay. okay. So I've got
5: like a few things going on. Um, the saga of the R6 continues. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's recap here for people yeah, who may and, not know what's going and, on.
0: Yeah, and Emma, I'm going to want your uh, input on this, too, because I have an opinion. I want to see if yours is the same as mine. Okay, so this is the Satan bike.
5: I'm pretty sure it's, like, possessed at this point. I've taken it to three separate mechanics who are well-known in the industry for being good at what they do. Um, It is now at its third mechanic, um, and they have a dyno. So it's been off and on the dyno... Multiple multiple times in the last, let's see, it's been like three months. He's had it since early October. Um, he's been working on it off and on. He works on MotoGP bikes, so it's kind of shuffled to the back of the line, which I don't mind. But
0: um, MotoGP bikes or AFM bikes?
5: Um, probably it FM might bikes. be AFM. I think it's AFM. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Say, I don't know. Uh, he said something, and I was kind he's of. He's working
0: on race bikes.
5: Yeah, he's working on race bikes. So he's put it on the dyno the bike okay let's start back the bike suddenly one morning i went and turned it on and went for a ride and it started shitting power like it just it's just died like it it was able to go in first and second moderately once you hit third it bogged so hard that it was almost slower than first or second and then it just kept getting worse from fourth to fifth.
0: So, Emma, this is where I jumped in. I said, I don't care if this is a good mechanic or not. If they've had the bike since October, I said, pull it out, go to someone else. If they've had the bike since October, they're not giving it the time.
2: You yeah. see, the, the, the problem though is Cat bike I'm, I still go back to what I said all along. And I've never, you know, I've done work on Cat's Bike. I haven't spent as much time with it as I'd like to. Cat's Bike has a fuel delivery problem. Mm-hmm. And it's not a straightforward problem. There's something going on with that fuel delivery. And it could be anywhere from the way the v- gas tank vents to the way it delivers fuel to where it goes into the fuel pump to where it comes out of the fuel pump to where it goes into the bolts, to where the, w- the, the bowls vent, you know and it's not that it's just been sitting there. and it's all time and the problem is cats running out of people to work on it um, because you've got some pretty heavy hitters working on it so if she pulls it out where do you go from there you've got a cat who builds race bikes working on it right now where do you go from there who do you get to work on it from there
5: and he's been building race bikes since before this gen of bikes. So this gen came through his shop and the first words out of his mouth were these bikes were like problem off off the lot. He's, these bikes have always had weird fuel delivery issues, weird carburation, weird just funky things going on with them. Right. And so it, I don't want to pull it out because I, I, I legitimately don't have anywhere else to go from here it's kind of just like well i guess i'm gonna sell it for two hundred dollars because it's not worth shit Mm
0: -hmm. and there's still stuff you can do have you shown them your tits yet
5: uh
0: (laughs) indirectly i suppose
5: (laughs) (laughs) i mean unloading and loading in a low-cut shirt you never know what happens
0: okay well you're on the right track yeah
5: um no i mean this bike i love this bike so much i Fell in love with motorcycling all over again when I rode this bike for the first time, and it continued to deliver that just holier than thou amazing. No, experience. I mean
2: those early R sixes. Uh, I mean it's, it's a so visceral good. ride. But this is where it you really just start replacing is.
0: parts, right?
5: And I've done that. I've replaced right. the ECU. I've replaced the fuel pump. I've replaced. Uh, I've gotten it rejetted by four different people. One of them with a dyno. Um, I've gotten. Let's see what else have I done to it?
2: I've is it? Is it going to be electronic? No, it's not. I replaced it's fuel the ECU. De- it's fuel so. delivery. It's, it's a fuel delivery problem. I've ridden that bike, and it's... The thing is, when you've got an electronic problem, it's very, very sharp. It's... Fuel-injected bikes, yeah, they throw you a bit of a curveball, but... Hers is carbureted, so if you get a very, very sharp bu- 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 misfire, generally it's electrical. But hers isn't. It's a bog. It's, it's a bog. It's soft. Yeah. It's a
5: hard, It's a. It's a big bog. Like it's impossible to ride.
2: Now the last time I looked at it, we we got it for like two weeks. Yeah, it was two weeks. So something was disturbed when I was in there that I missed.
5: Oh no, we didn't get it for two weeks. Oh no no no! We we got it for uh, like fifteen minutes. Okay, and that was just because we didn't hit the freeway with it. Okay, did, did you
0: replace the carbs?
5: No, that's kind of my next step. I've been thinking about it. There's also a rumor um, that I've heard from older AFM racers that when they were racing these R sixes, there was a manual timing adjuster knob that you could buy aftermarket, and.
3: Time, manual timing adjustment.
5: Yeah, so it sounds super sketchy, but it's because these bikes are shit, apparently.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh
6: no! Throttle
5: <laughs> these,
8: position sensor? No,
5: no, 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 no! Not a throttle no. position sensor. Is that, it, it is
6: spark position.
5: Mm, no, it's oh. like it actually adjusts the. I don't know. Apparently, it actually adjusts the the tightness of the chain. The, the cam chain. chain. Oh,
6: cam chain. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Well, would, mm, that's interesting. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, but. Mm. I think it's unrelated because like DSV also had manual cam chain adjusters that were available for it because their their automatics were so bad too
5: yeah I don't know I so I'm this bike it's been like okay I bought it four four, oh god four years ago now oh god Uh, I'm old um (laughs) I bought it four years ago now it ran splendidly for a year and a half I rode it all the time, and it it made me fall in love with motorcycling, and everybody that rode it agreed. They were like, this is the tits. It's aggressive. Oh, they're wonderful bikes. It's nasty and just wants to go, and it's stuck to the ground like no other. It's squatted in the corners perfectly. It's just a great bike, and it's been not running well for, like, two and a half years three years now <laughs> and i can't let it go <laughs> so emma should she leave it there or should she bring
2: it down to your shop um shop won't touch it it's too old
5: yeah okay. no, that's also the problem is most shops on are just not going to touch it anymore and i've gotten a lot of people saying like well no
3: you know what would make okay. you fall in love with writing again Mm. Selling that bike and getting a newer one.
5: <laughs> no, see, I did. Oh, one,
3: oh, one, that actually like. I, know, I,
5: I bought oh. another R6.
3: That's right.
6: Yeah, and
5: then I sold it because get a CBR. it was not
0: I, 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 as good. I was looking at carbs. There's a lot of things on the carbs that can
2: cause problems. And you know yeah. what? There is Just get a new bank of carbs. I, I'll do a little bit more research, but you know, um, the predecessor to Cat's bike was called the Thundercat.
3: Yeah, FC 600.
2: Uh, well, no. 600 the, no, the FC 600 is something else. It was the, the Thundercat was kind of a bridge between the FCs and the Rs. Right,
3: it was the uh, kind of the sport touring ones. And it was I, the 600, right?
2: I'm pretty sure that the carbs off a of Thundercat will fit her bike.
0: Well, Thundercat's are a lot rarer. What I'm suggesting No, is, they're out there. What I'm suggesting is get another bank, get more carbs, put them on. If there's no difference, then, you know... Yours aren't bad, then you can sell them.
2: More carbs are always better. Yeah,
0: you can sell them. So, so the you either fix it or you can turn turn them around and get your money back. Yeah, that's the, what I would do. The spike. <laughs> no, because this is the thing. Both Douglas and I have talked about. When you stick with something and you figure it out, that's awesome. It's an awesome feeling. Then you, uh, yeah, yeah, that's because true, that's I mean, true. Jim, Jim can tell you exactly what it doesn't I'm, feel like because he's. <laughs>
8: <laughs> he just and, sells
0: them. <laughs> and you know, Kat... I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> I, I promise I will have another look at your bike. I mean, I haven't devoted as much time to it as I could because I get sidetracked because I do this, because I do this. But yeah, come on, let's get another, Let's have another play with your bike. Why don't you leave it where it is for another few weeks and riding season's going to be coming up. He's, he's
5: finishing up with it, basically. Right, right, right. Basically, I got the call of, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with your bike. I swapped out jets I was getting it good and then it seemed like it wanted a little more which he's running it on the dyno in between every jet swap so there is a reason why he's had it for so long is he's just right. like he, he is running a lot of time through this bike he's pulled it apart multiple
0: times he's
5: done umpteen um, jettings And if we
0: pull the tank and run it with just a, a it only it job? only produces
5: yeah. this problem under
1: load and when you when you go back yeah. down to a lower speed, it goes away.
5: Um, kind of. Okay. It's it's much less noticeable in the lower speed and lower right. gears. Yeah, but it's, it's it will not produce this problem spinning on a stand. So it's fuel pump. I
0: replaced the fuel pump. Do we know that the fuel pump is pumping? No, we do. Yeah. Yes, pressure. we we tested it. Okay. Well, you know when you're d- deducing, you never yeah. build upon an assumption.
5: Yeah. So we tested the fuel pump. It's shooting fuel.
0: Um,
3: <sighs> Sounds like it's tank to pump. Could be. be. I mean, like a petcock. It's on there. definitely a delivery hmm. problem. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what it? I'm saying. Uh, remove the tank. Let's put a auxiliary put on a, tank on yeah, it.
3: Yeah, put an auxiliary on that's, it. it just strap it around, around your neck. Yep. Ooh, that'd we'll, be good. What yeah. could go wrong yeah. with that?
0: <laughs> Well, it could go wrong since we don't have a top for it, the cap, so it will <laughs> kind
2: of, oh, I'm spill all over you. Uh, no, and cat could be huffing the gasoline. You know, <laughs> well, with the things
5: I've been huffing lately, gasoline is the least. I want to talk okay. about
2: your other okay. project yeah, bike. Yeah, so
5: I've got another project bike because apparently I mm-hmm. just can't like let myself do one thing at a time. <laughs> um, so I bought a Ninja 250. Uh, uh, oh God, this is this is just like your second shit bike. About five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and, um... I rode the shit out of that bike and I loved it. And then it sat because I bought the R6 and I realized what a real bike felt like. (laughs) (laughs) So it sat in my driveway and it sat in my driveway and I was like, fuck, I need to sell this thing. So I put it on Craigslist and lo and behold, nobody apparently wants a Ninja 250 now because there's Ninja 300s. (laughs) So after six months of trying to sell it, I gave up and I cut the back end off and took all the fairings off and threw them away. Um, and, uh, you can reference another podcast for the story about the tank. Uh, (laughs) the, the, the tank, the tank has been a saga. So I bought another tank. I found it on Craigslist. It was, uh, $50. I looked great. Got it home. Popped the cap. Um, well, the locksmith popped the cap because I'm, uh. I'm not allowed to pop caps anymore. Um, and it was filled with rust. Uh. Womp womp. Um, so I pretty much just couldn't deal and just put it into a corner in my room. And it's been sitting there. And then Bex called me two weeks ago and goes, hey, there's a tank on this bike. And uh, she was buying a parts bike. She bought this Ninja 250 tank. It was pristine. There was absolutely no rust in it. There was no dents or scratches on the outside. It was perfect. Uh, I have been mm. stripping the paint off that perfect tank for three weeks now.
0: Yeah, mm. perfectly good tank. I'm gonna I strip it down. I just down.
5: ruined it. So,
0: cat's so been stripping around the garage yeah. a lot lately. Yeah. Well, well, so, normal. let me ask, what's your method? Because there are different methods to go. So, if somebody wants to strip their tank down to the bare metal. Get a tank that's really old, because <laughs> because this is shit. Um, I've
5: been using aircraft grade paint stripper.
6: Okay. Uh, yeah. F- fun fact about that stuff. If you if you want a quick laugh, mm-hmm. I recommend that. if you ever use any kind of the aircraft stripper, or whatever, mm-hmm. look on the back of it. You will notice there's a warning label on the back that says, do not use on aircraft.
8: Yes. <laughs> it is
5: there. <laughs> this is absolutely yeah. true. It's, it's asinine. It's just a
6: brand name. Oh,
5: God. Um,
6: it has a picture of the plane yeah. on the front. I don't know.
5: I know. Wow. It doesn't make any sense. Wow. Um, so I learned that the stuff that comes in a jug that you paint on is far inferior to the aerosolized version. Um,
0: the, so, wait, the, say that again. Uh, air aerosolized, aerosolized. I like Wait, that. God, oh, that, was good. Is that a real word? That, I don't uh-huh. think so. No. I think aerosol. <laughs> is,
3: I think it's.
6: I think it's above our pay grade. Yeah. Shit.
5: Okay. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna roll with it. The aerosolized version <laughs> is um, is much less stinky, and it peels the paint up way faster. Hmm. So I poured the damn near the whole, actually the whole jug on my tank the first day, and it it peeled up a little bit. But it wasn't rapid by any means, and I actually spent, like, four hours squatting next to this tank. Um,
0: I would like to point out there were milk crates available.
5: Yeah, well, (laughs) you know, I like to do things the hard way, apparently. (laughs) Um, So... I'm now in week three of stripping this tank,
0: and I'm down to almost nothing on the tank. And the thing I think is funny is, um, on some of, like the old like 70s bikes, I've stripped it down in metal, like on that XL 175. It's like a gobstopper, and it looks cool, like a brushed you know metal. <laughs> yeah. On yeah. this one, it looks like painted. It looks like silver paint. Silver paint. paint. Uh-huh. It's, yeah. it's so yeah. perfect. It just yeah. looks like silver paint. Yeah. It doesn't look like bare metal metal at all.
5: Yeah. So um, I also got some advice from Yuri because I wanted to put some like uh, swirls, swirls or, scratches or, or stuff into it to give it texture mm-hmm. and he actually found that uh, like household Brillo pads mm-hmm. or uh, the blue side of a sponge the scrubby side mm-hmm. works perfectly for that yeah. so that's going to be the next step after I finish getting that
0: stuff well, off mm. the tank and then you get a clear coat
5: uh yeah, I'm going to so <laughs> I called around and mm-hmm. clear coats are actually really expensive mm-hmm. to get in the paint shop. <laughs> so yeah, I'm yeah. going to rattle can it. Okay, right, sure. yeah. But how many layers? Um I'm thinking right now around 5. Good. Um I'm going to do a etch layer, a base uh rustoleum layer and then I'm going to do a high gloss layer. Um I'm also going to draw something on the tank. And I haven't decided what. door.
8: Hella dicks. So, did you, you, you
5: see my dicks. suggestion?
3: Hella dicks.
5: I'm trying to remember. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think so. Just the
6: words hella dicks. Hella dicks. Yeah.
8: yeah
2: <laughs> hella. Can you my suggestion
0: that? was in sort of like an ornate scroll.
2: Vita. Mm. Very mm. nice. Life. Mm.
0: That is
5: good.
3: Wow. You really are. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Can't mm. may I offer you some advice, darling? Yes, add one more step to your painting process. Uh-huh. Um, go into somewhere that does proper body shop supplies. Mm-hmm. So, we're not talking about O'Reilly's or anything, Santa Cruz okay. Auto, Santa Cruz show. Auto, proper, and buy yourself an aerosol can of adhesion promoter AP mm. AP. Okay. Um, and basically, all AP does is it makes anything stick to. To anything. Oh, brilliant. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> if you spray the tank with AP, whatever you put on it is going to stick like spoo to a blanket. Yeah. And it's clear? <laughs> yep. Right. <Rad. Yeah. laughs> Sometimes,
3: like, if you do a base coat and you want to set it aside and you come back to it a week later, you spray some AP on there. It makes it a little bit more receptive to uh. Whatever,
2: exactly. So, awesome. on yeah, always use AP. Right. And if you're doing, like, a bare metal finish, it'll really help yeah. the, mm-hmm. the the clear coat bite in. Um, I've been having gas tank woes as well, you know. Oh, do you tell? Well, I bought a Suzuki RF900, which nobody knows what the hell it is. I, yeah, I still don't. Yeah, it's kind of a bandit before is they were like bandits. Is it like ish It's sort of. Yeah, I think I, I think It's I an odd thing. Um, but the gas tank on that was so bad, um, I had to cut the bottom of it out. Mm. Oh. It was so rusty. And I wanted to preserve the original paint because it's got these great, L. A. Lakers colours on it. Yeah. <laughs> it. no, it does too.
7: It's, <laughs>
3: no, it's, it's a cool
2: bike. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, you know, it's a very, very different bike. It's sport touring um, bike. It's got the most epic tail light imaginable on it. It's one
3: of those giant. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The tail light's just oh, giant. Huge.
2: Um, but the tank was so bad, and of course, it's it's a modern sort of sport bike ish with a with a flat bottom tank. Mm. So I just cut the bottom of the tank out and mechanically took all the rust out. Um, but, oh, God, what a job. Mm. This looks like
0: the... What are the bikes that look like this that have the fins? Like, is it the ZX? It's kind
3: yeah, of at the time, yeah. Late 80, late 90s. Yeah,
2: Liza's showing a picture around. That's quite tastefully painted. Mine does not look like no. that. Yeah. Mine, but, uh, that. Mine is weird. purple with it kinda a very... It kind of looks like key,
3: a Katana from over goodness. here.
0: Yeah, it looks kind of like a Katana or, or ZX.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it was com- it's Suzuki's competitor, actually, for the VFR 750. Mm. They're very, very similar bikes. They're about the same amount of power. There's about 120 horsepower on top. That's pretty awesome. Um, it was
0: definitely inspired. The design was inspired by the Magnum PI Ferrari.
2: Yes. Uh huh. Does it have little scoops on the side? It yeah, has a
3: lot main. of... It's yeah. scoopy. Yeah.
2: It little is sc- had scoopy. That. It is scoopy. Yeah. But, yeah, they, I should have that finished in a couple of weeks. But, once again, um, I'm not sure when I can afford to register it because it owes $952 to the I think DMV. I that's about half Jeez. the cost of the bike. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. But I kind of factored that in when I... Bought the bike, but that is a lot of dough owing to the DMV. If You flip it
3: for eighteen hundred dollars, it might be okay. Yeah,
2: well, <laughs> it isn't. Know.
3: It isn't twenty-five years old yet, is it?
2: Oh, I
0: wish. Well, well but am I? You have another story to tell, don't you? I do. Um, I have Emma to do a history hole. It's deep. It, it's <laughs> dark. It's where I keep all my stuff.
2: Can't wait to see this hole. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And um, yeah, this is one that has come up a lot mm. as a
2: butt bike. Well, and that's that's how we kind of segue into it, because when we look back on asking people what is there up the butt bike, there's a name that keeps coming up. And I think, by and large, it is the most butt-worthy bike, and that's the Briton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... You know, the Britain, it's getting on for 27, 28 years old now. Um, first appeared around 1990, 91. Um, and for a bike to carry that much clout after so long... I thought as a history hole, and we're going to talk a little bit about the bar.
0: on, Nock, Nock is, is trying, trying to get out of the room quietly oh and is just Do,
2: doing his best Basley impression. Yeah. Nock is doing Jesus his best Christ bull in a china shop impression. <laughs> it's um, his boots, though. It's, it's so I thought what would be nice <coughs> is to talk a tiny bit about John Britton, um, who was the inventor, the designer, the builder, the engineer. I mean, Yes, it was him and a group of friends who built this thing, but it was his vision. And John Britton really was as different as the bike.
0: Well, and, you know, even when you're looking at the design, there's nothing like this.
2: No, and... Today, I mean... And once you understand... Once I finish talking to you about John himself... I mean those pipes. I mean those pipes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pipes. You'll understand why the bike was so different, or at least you'll have an inkling as to why the bike was so different. So you ready to hear about Mr. Yeah, Britton let's himself? Yeah, let hear about him. Well, he's an interesting cat. Um, he was born on the 1st of August, 1950. His full name is John Kenton Britton. Um. And there's a lot of peculiarities about John. Um, He's a twin. And where was he born? He was born in Christchurch, New Zealand. There you go. He's a twin, but his sister's birthday is the 2nd of August, 1950. Because he was born at 10 minutes to midnight. And his twin sister was born after midnight. So, you know, he's a twin, (laughs) but he has a different birthday to his sister. Interesting. Um, I don't know what it is about New Zealand but there must be something they put in the water it's an island nation it's a long way away from everywhere else and so it has some of the world's greatest uh, sort of off the wall thinkers over there Burt Munro is the obvious one who's known to many of us in the motorcycling community Um, John McLaren race car designer is also a fellow kiwi Mm -hmm. and these are the guys that john really looked up to when he was growing up now one thing you might not know he was dyslexic Hmm. now you would have thought that would have held somebody back but apparently there was no stopping him he had first-rate education, he went to university, and he actually studied engineering, and his career path was in civil engineering. But apparently his dyslexia was so bad throughout school and university, I mean, basically he had a translator to trans- to translate what this meaningless scribble was on the page to him hmm. into something he could understand, and then make into a language he could understand. Wow. Um... But he got his degree in civil engineering, um, got a master's in civil engineering, and um, worked for ICI. And he went over to Britain and got involved in a lot of civil engineering projects. This is um, late 60s, early 70s. So right out of university, he was a very, very young man. And in Britain in the early 70s, they were still building on the motorway network, what you Americans all call freeways. And he was instrumental. Apparently, there was a stretch of motorway between the M1 and the M4. The M1 was the very, very first motorway. Um, In Britain, we're very, very uh, innovative when we come to naming our freeways. The first motorway was the M1 and the M2 and the M3, etc. So... um, there was a stretch between two motorways and he was pretty instrumental in in designing that so that that was his that was his forte back then um he came back um he was in england i believe until 76 so that would make him 26 years old then he came back to new zealand now here's the interesting thing It seems that the right side of his brain took over and he started a living as an artist and he designed the most beautiful stained glass lighting pretty much from scratch now this is important because when you actually see his most famous creation which is the bike there's a lot of engineering that went into that bike and that's absolutely clear but if you just look at the organic form of it, I mean, it's got an artist touch on it as well. It is such a beautiful design. And it really doesn't surprise me that he had a background in artistry as well as engineering. Um, so he always had a passion for motorcycling. And around 89 90, he really started working on his own project, and he was drawn to twin-cylinder bikes. Um, there's something about a twin-cylinder bike. I've got a project of mine coming up right now, which is a twin-cylinder bike, and there's 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 very much something about them that really draws you in, and that was where he wanted to to be. He felt he could do better than some of the major manufacturers. And so he came up through various prototypes of a bike of his own design. And I said, well, we'll talk a little bit further about the bike itself in a little while. And he came up with the V1000, eventually it became the V1100. Now, back in the early 90s, there was a series called the battle of the twins and basically if you produced a v-twin motorcycle you were eligible for this and this was this was big beans for the manufacturers i mean bmw fielded um v-twin bikes um motoguzzi were really out of it although some privateers ran them ducati were very much into it and harley davidson they had competitive engines but the chassis were a little bit lacking but um a lot of the big manufacturers were running very... pumping a lot of money into these V-twin bikes and twin-cylinder bikes. And then along came the Britain V1000. And not only was it quicker than the manufacturers' offerings, it was substantially quicker, noticeably quicker. And so here's this tiny engineer out of left field and who produces this bike. Did you mention how many he made? <laughs> made 10. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And one prototype. Mm-hmm. And um, again, we'll get into the bike, but the attrition rate is incredibly tiny. Of the 10 made, nine still survive. Um, the one was crashed heavily. So basically, it's, it's as good as saying it's 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, survival rate, which is absolutely amazing. It shows how much reverence these bikes are. So basically, um, ninety-one and ninety-two spank the battle of the twins competition. Ninety-three was a big year for uh, Britain and the V uh, eleven hundred by then because it posted the fastest ever time at the Isle of Man TT. Yeah, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's just amazing amazing bike
0: the the thing that gets me too is not just how amazing the engineering was but the design too
2: yeah, it's, a, it's that visceral design. It's and we're going to get into the intricacies of the design. It's,
0: it's both. Um, and, and it's hard to find some, anyone who can do a combination of the two, because usually you have the designers and the engineers battling each other out. This is right. one and the same person.
2: Exactly. It's amazing.
3: Um, it's to this day, you have major fact, like Ducati taking cues from the Briton.
2: Oh, absolutely, you know, because there was nothing like the, yeah. it. So um, I wish this story was longer, because... What we're at right now and what we're talking about right now is the beginning the upward slope of a glittering career But this is a, a very very short story and it's a quite a sad story Because on the 5th of September 1995 John Britton died of an illness um, Which was attributed basically to skin cancer Mm-hmm and it's i'm I'm guessing what probably happened is the skin cancer metastasized within his liver and and took him out and that's usually what happens with melanomas mm. um forty five years old mean well he just celebrated yeah his forty fifth birthday a very very untimely end for a very brilliant man, so what we're left with are the bikes and There is britain architecture in england there's britain architecture in new zealand There's britain stained glass in new zealand and all over the world But the thing you'll be most be remembered for is these bloody bikes Mm -hmm. So what makes them so special? Um, It's twin cylinder bike 60 degree v-twin And 60 degree is quite an interesting setup. It's certainly by no means the smoothest delivery. If you want the smoothest V-twin engine possible, you include a 90-degree angle between the V. Now, if you include a 90-degree angle, it basically smooths out all the primary vibration. However... Can I stop you right there? You can, because somebody has arrived! We've got some more guests Uh. coming in here. Wearing oh, some extremely fashionable coveralls <laughs> is Bex, and sporting some very extremely fashionable crutches.
0: We've got Bex, and following up, we've got Henry 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 and the crutches.
7: What a difference a week! So, makes.
0: we'll let you guys get all set up <laughs> headphones, get your mic set up, yes. and we'll let Emma finish her story while you do that.
2: So, yeah, where was I? You th- said, however. However, 60-degree V-twin, when you include the firing angle and the the firing pulses, you're going to get the most power out of a 60-degree V-twin. Quad cams, which basically means you have twin cams per cylinder. A couple of horsepower short of 170. These aren't massive numbers now. I mean, Jim's... FZ1 has 160 horsepower out of the gate, but in 1991, 166 horsepower was a big frigging deal.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, I still think it's a pretty damn big deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, pretty good.
2: The engine was a stressed member of the frame, which basically meant the front suspension and the rear suspension was attached to the bike. Uh, to the engine itself the frame i mean it was really a very very rudimentary frame that just bolted on the top of the engine that carried the front really the front suspension and the seat and tank but extensive use of carbon Mm fiber carbon fiber fastenings um, very very cutting edge design on the fork there is a little controversy with the fork the the fork itself was from an existing design and there is this Scotsman called Norman Hossack he's and still no- alive by the way Norman is still with us and Norman Hossack mm-hmm. basically wanted to make it a better front fork for a motorcycle um, he raced in the early... 1970s and late 60s realized there was a lot of flex in telescopic forks and he thought i can do better so he designed a front fork very much akin to a formula one race car with double wishbones incidentally do you remember us talking about bruce mclaren earlier on Mm -hmm. he worked for him so um there's a link between hossack and britain via mclaren the, the controversy was that Hossack called his front end a girder front end and really it was, I mean a girder front end that were very favoured in England immediately before um, and immediately after the Second World War, is was very strong very rigid, very heavy and there was the problem, and that's why the Brits went to telescopic forks, because they were lighter. But if, once you got a hold of the materials and you were able to make them lighter, it was a very, very rigid front end. And so that was his thought. Britain took the Hossack design, made it extensively out of carbon fiber, made it very, very lightweight, and, but never recognized it as a GERDI. And apparently, and I'll channel John Hossack now, uh, Norman Hossack now, and you say, well, John never felt it was a garde-fork, but it was. Um, The advantage, you could adjust the rake and the trail. Pretty much by just pulling into the pits. Now, adjusting the rake and trail on the front Mm. end has an amazing effect on the bike's handling. Mm. Even Mm. a degree... You can make a bike handle a lot sharper a degree out, and it'll make it handle a lot lazier. So one of the advantages of this system, if it's rain, if it's a, if it's a longer circuit, like Paul Ricard in, in France, or Daytona, you'd want a longer wheelbase which gives more stability at a shorter circuit like Laguna Seca, where you've got a lot of tighter turns like the corkscrew you want to bring that front end in so that was just one advantage of the design and again very very lightweight integral fender forks wishbones the gas tank seat and upper frame were all integrally made out of carbon fiber extremely lightweight adjustable swing arm the engine was fuel injected and had its own mapping and it had a learning curve so it would learn the power delivery that the rider wanted and it was self learning Hmm. now I've driven buses where they've got self learning transmissions Hmm. but this is cutting edge stuff now back in the early 90s it it really was amazing wow Um, John Britton he made his own wheels um, three and a half inch in the front Six inches wide rim At the back Just monstrous rims hmm. To carry these race tires And again, super light He was obsessed with weight mm-hmm. As a lot of racers are Racers are completely obsessed with weight If you can oh, yeah. save an ounce I mean, it's, it's a big deal
3: yeah, So you gotta, you gotta take a shit before you race Yeah,
2: absolutely oh, yeah. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> Still
7: does because you're nervous
2: Yeah, yeah. too. Um there's a great story that in order to get the lightest weight castings possible um, John Britton dug a big hole in the front front uh garden of his house and he cast engine cases in a hole in his front lawn to <laughs> get the thinnest engine casings possible. <laughs> so that's about it. I mean it's it's a sad story but it's not it's a sad story because you have to wonder what Britain motorcycles would be like right now being built by this dynamic 68 year old um, well still he
0: made such an impact and and changed the industry to this day
2: oh yeah and, and, and will and like the best bikes there is nothing like them and there will be be nothing like them i'm extremely lucky because i've i'm of an age where i vividly remember seeing my first Briton being awesome. ridden around donnington park hmm. in 1992 and there is nothing that looked like that bike for a start i mean it's electric blue and pink
3: oh yeah <laughs> yeah but that there's magenta n- yeah
2: but there's nothing that sounded like that bike either
0: Well, Mm. and and I'd like to point out, too, again, if anyone is coming out to California... Mm -hmm. I
2: was going to say the quail.
0: Well... Well, last year at the Quail, it did win um, one of the categories, but that was a uh, Virgil from the Solvang Museum right, yep. down in uh, Southern California, and or Central California, and he has the number 10 bike there. Yep. No and shit. that one is special because it was the only one never raced. He bought yep. it out, out of the crate in 2004, and I did some research. I cannot find, you know, trying to figure out what they're worth today. And the last one uh, that I could find that went up for sale was 2005, and they were asking about three hundred thousand.
2: Wow. Oh no, it's, it's well beyond that. Oh, yeah. And uh, in
0: 2016, somebody uh, estimated that it was worth about 249 pounds. Mm. That was a British article. Right. So I'm not sure what. The no, I think is now. I
2: think you're into seven figures now, quite easily. But number ten yeah. is an interesting bike because that's a 1994, and that was earmarked to have a very, very glittering career for the long distance racing. Hmm. But by then, um, John was getting ill, and he was t- he was basically he was too ill to be the captain of the team. And without John Britton, there was no Team Britain. And so the bike was basically shelved. You know, um, and it had an easy life. Mm.
0: To many people, the um, Vincent is one of those
2: Holy Grail bikes. Also a V twin.
0: But I think the I think the Briton is probably I, I, I'm going to guess amongst all bikers, it's up there with the Easy Rider bike. You know, mm. there's certain bikes. Yeah, that have a certain lore. Iconic. Iconic. You know, the but I think the Britain really I'm, strikes the chord of. I'm going to so I'm gonna
2: upset a lot of people, right now, and I don't think we have many Vincent owners who listen to us. Um, so I think I'm pretty safe. But if you're starstruck by Vincent, the easiest thing to do is ride one. Just
7: start it, just try to start it.
2: Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, the Vincent is a magnificent bike, and as you know, we had one at Jameson. Mm -hmm. I used to ride it quite regularly. Um, it's a beautiful bike, it's a wonderful bike, it's
0: historically significant. It's Mm -hmm. a
2: significant bike, but it's it's a flawed motorcycle. Not least, it has got the worst clutch in the world. (laughs) Um, a Vincent clutch isn't like a normal clutch, you see, back then. Vincent had about 60 horsepower and you know, it's like Jesus Christ this motorbike's got 60 horsepower. How are we going to cope with that? and There isn't a motorcycle in the world in the 40s that had anywhere close to that So what they designed is this clutch and it looks almost like a brake drum in a car Mm. And when you operate the clutch lever you're operating a servo that spins a drum that's got shoes that swing out and grab a, a rotating drum and it's horrible and you know you're sitting there at the traffic light and you're cool and i'm on a vincent it's rumbling away at you and oh look there's a woman on a vincent oh it's a wonderful thing and the lights change and you just stall it
0: (laughs) you know it's that kind of bike well um i can tell you that uh for those of us who were at the quail last year we were lucky enough to hear one Because they were starting that thing up Isn't it amazing And there's so many people that
2: have them in museums Because they're worth so much So right, that was really a But treat. you know when you actually see one in the flesh And you know 90% of people Are never even going to see one You can see pictures of them But nothing Quite prepares you For when you actually See one in the flesh And you're like oh my god it's just, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing to see. The it's usually edge. uh sorry, sorry, go ahead. It's like a motor experience. Uh. <laughs> I wanted to take it to bed.
3: It's, it's usually very shiny at the top and very oily at the bottom. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, but. <laughs> Good <it's>, definition. <laughs> uh, a wonderful bike, an interesting guy. Um, and, you know, overall, I think, even though he died so young, I think it's a wonderful story because so much of his legacy is left. Cool. Well, Emma, thank you for doing that. And I'd like to point out, this is part one of a two-parter. (laughs) Two-parter. Conspiracy theory. Woo. I, Shut up. I have a conspiracy theory. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. So I do. Uh, so stand by. We're going to do another history hole, which is going to be equally dark. And, <laughs> and <laughs> e- equally
0: dank? No.
8: And, e- <laughs>
2: and equally where I keep all my stuff.
8: stuff. Nice. <laughs> well, since um, Gross.
0: Isaac, Bex, and Henry have all joined us, Hello. y'all can say hi. Hey. Um, Henry. How are they you give doing? They you groovy drugs, man?
4: Huh? They giving you groovy drugs yet? I got some groovy drugs and they made me really constipated. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah That's right. So you'd be willing to sell yeah.
8: them?
0: <laughs> so I'm sure people remember that exciting show we did with Sean Thomas when we were getting calls and updates and having to send people out to help Henry, who, in, in, in my version of the story, got hit by a car and before passing out, managed to message me, help. I've been <laughs> in an accident.
4: I was awake the whole time. Okay. I just have the one little. No, no, no space. Henry.
0: This is my version. Ah,
4: okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not.
2: Actually, very yeah. different
3: from the real thing.
0: So and we've we've talked about your accident basically you were going straight through a light a green light and yeah, somebody was, a, was turning left on a red.
4: Yeah, I was no I was going left on a oh, on a light on okay. a green light and the other person And oh, she ran the light. She was stopped but then just jumped the light for some reason as I was going through and hit me right on.
0: So I have a question for you and this is something that
3: Was this a protected left green turn?
7: Yeah. Oh wow. So well, it's the one down here on like when you're making mm-hmm. a left on the front
4: street. Yeah, protected. Yeah. Mhm.
0: So here's my question for you: Mm. Is there, uh, was it? um, It was dark out by then.
4: It was dark, but I could see pretty, pretty clearly.
0: I don't care about what you could see. It's what could she see? Mm. So let me ask you: Did she say she just didn't see you?
4: She didn't really say anything at all. I I didn't really interact with her much. I wasn't really in a position to.
3: I bet that bitch was on a cell phone.
0: From
9: (laughs) that's what I
5: think too. From what Bex and I kind of heard, I don't know. It sounded like she said I saw the light was read, but I decided to go anyways. Yeah.
10: She said it's that?
9: Pretty much what, what she said. said. Yeah. Wow. God, her insurance
10: yeah. must hate her. Wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, in, in hindsight, Henry, is there anything, anything that you could have done or could do differently to prevent this?
4: <sighs> there always is. I probably could have, I don't know, like as soon as I saw her start, yeah, I don't know, it just happened so fast. Could like, you have done anything to be more visible? I mean, I was wearing. I mean, if I was like a big no. yellow highlighter going down the road, you could put You're maybe. a big blue highlighter.
10: You big blue highlighter yeah, like, there's no- <laughs> You could put reflective Solas tape all over your bike.
4: Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't I look great. I could have still had those LEDs in my uh, light and literally blind everybody in front of me. <laughs>
0: uh huh. And you were going at a moderate speed, I assume.
4: Yeah, I mean, I was making a left-hand. It was a steep left-hand turn. You can't like. Make a comment, yeah, exactly,
9: especially in a semi residential business area, yeah. No,
0: that's the only thing I, yeah. I, I keep questioning, and, and um, you know, what can we do to make ourselves more visible? And I'll be honest, um, you know, when, when Stumpy lost his leg from the car, who said they didn't see him because he, you know, motorcycle is a fixed beam of light, and we know that people's brains uh tune that out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um. And I went and put a headlight modulator on my bike, and said everyone should do that. Has anybody else in the group done it?
2: No, nope. no. Nope. No.
5: My headlight modulates itself. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. That's a background. Um, and I also yeah. put a, a flashlight.
0: Uh, back, <laughs> back off brake light modulator. Um, you know, if there's things that we can do to make ourselves more visible, I mean, Jim wears a uh, vest. A bright yellow vest, which is good. I mean, because you're commuting over the hill and such, I think visibility is important. But you won't put a, a brake light modulator, or you won't put a headlight modulator on for some reason.
7: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, good yeah. question. You're I know. Right, though.
0: No, and I, I mean, everybody, there's something that's stopping them from doing it. But then there's a lot of people who won't even wear the vest that you're wearing. But then also, you know, we've got this he light vest here mm-hmm. that you've left in the parking lot twice, which I get it. <laughs> you don't want to wear the he light vest. It's a safety thing. But that's why every time something like this happens and I don't know, I want to see if we can learn from what happened with Henry. Every time there's an accident, we, we want to try and learn is there anything we can do?
7: Well, it sounded like the gear you were wearing worked, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've yeah. got the good riding
4: gear, good boots, all that kind of stuff. Did the helmet take a hit at all? I don't think so, but there is a few There's a few, Get a new, one there's a few yeah. new scratches, but it didn't go down obviously. What kind of helmet? Uh, shark Spartan, I think. Make good helmet. And how the
7: yeah, boots shark. hold up? Because you got hit. Where did the bumper hit you exactly? Like halfway up to the bottom of your leg? The
4: bumper didn't actually hit me. The bumper hit the bike, and then I. The way I figure, I must have contorted. The bike probably rolled onto me and must have contorted my leg, and that's what broke it. Mm. Mm. That's what I figure, at least, because the uh, it came down on. It was hit on its left side, but then it came down and was sliding on its right side.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah, that
4: mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and and the bike has has it been totaled?
4: It's an insurance adjuster from the other person's came other person's insurance came and looked at it. and Yeah, it's totaled. They haven't given me official word yet, but just looking at the thing, you can tell.
9: So, uh, and that yeah, was at low speed, by the way. Yeah, yeah. As, we we as actually, a reminder, gear yeah.
2: sure, but that's low speed, right? But we talked about your bike last week, Henry mm. and we agree it's toast mm-hmm. which is a shame but well. vfrs are very very complex bikes and it doesn't take much to total them when they get to us but now you get age. to go shopping
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so yeah that, that's the
4: next question what's your next bike henry oh goodness i'm thinking Motoguzi guzzi myself oh, right yeah. on
8: yeah. Oh. have you uh lawyered
3: up and find uh, somebody it. to represent you <laughs> Mm-hmm. Have you lawyered up and found somebody to represent you or the legal
4: uh, stuff yet? How much insurance I've, you got? I I talked to uh, an attorney from Russ Brown, and they mm-hmm. seem pretty cool mm-hmm. and all that, but I haven't like full-on hired an attorney yet. I kind of want to... As go long shopping. as you go
0: with somebody. Just mm-hmm. go yeah, with go, somebody. Find representation, like, at least. I don't care. Just make sure you go with somebody. Hey, I would go so far as to say, are you interested in taking a trip uh, this year? A trip? A motorcycle trip.
4: Yeah, definitely.
0: I think you should uh, buy a bike from Phil at
9: Cleveland who's yeah. a but a Guzzi dealer, and then Ooh. ride Ooh. it back to California. Yeah, or
10: get, or <laughs> that is a fine idea, sir. Maybe,
9: maybe you should give them a little heads up about the uh, test ride.
10: He's got like a Yamaha, a ma- <laughs> this massive Yamaha V like V twin tour that he can't sell, and I'll bet he give you a <laughs> <laughs> he
9: just,
1: he just give it to you for free.
10: He's been trying to sell it via the podcast, and yeah, nobody awful. will
1: buy it. I'm but, not.
4: A, I'm not a cruiser guy though. That's that's
1: a thing. <laughs> yeah, isn't it like a 1900 or something like that? It's Jesus huge. Yeah. Yeah. it's huge. But yeah. so bigger than a Volkswagen. Um, no, yeah. so
0: no, really. I mean, yeah, Phil. I mean, there are Moto Guzzi dealers everywhere, but mm-hmm. Phil's a good guy, and you can get deals in the winter. <laughs>
2: yeah, but you know, when we visited Cleveland Moto after Vintage Days. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, he had that gorgeous Griso in the show. Oh. And I so nearly just thought... You nearly plots, her. Plot down the money. Phil, she's mine. I'm riding her back. Um, but, you know, the problem is when you bring a bike into California, especially a new one. 7,000 7
3: miles. 7,500
2: yep. miles. Break, yep, yep. You know. Unless you find a, uh, a used uh, tachometer on eBay. Yes. <laughs> or a drill. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. you know, set, set your electric drill on the back of the speed. You could
9: accidentally break your spider.
2: Yeah, that's true.
0: Well, I'm glad you're okay. You look you. like you're not so bad. So it's all below the knee, so you're not yeah, too hobbled. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too bad. So, offense. what's the? Is there uh, any hardware,
7: any metal in
0: there?
3: Yeah, what's yeah. the story? What kind of break? And did, do you have like aftermarket parts in your leg? Like yeah,
4: I got. I got. <laughs> a, uh, <laughs> I got a uh, plate in my um, ankle to mm. help it. So when it the bone starts to heal, heal in the right alignment because. Yeah. You know, it broke basically right at the ankles, so. It's so much better doing it
0: now than later. And this this doesn't deter you from riding at all. Oh, hell no.
3: No rods? No No, rods in there? mm -mm. He asked me
9: to test ride a bike for him (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) Did it ride okay? Yeah. Uh, it's a Moto Guzzi, so it's oh. a unique red. Oh,
10: okay. Hmm.
9: Yeah. <laughs> it, it rode really well. It was very awesome, but it's not a commuter bike like a VFR. Mm. Yeah.
10: Nice. Phil was saying mm-hmm. something about the Guzzi's, like, they, they come with better suspension than most bikes or oh, something. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. A, it's like, a six. It's, like a six. it's like a six. Like <laughs> most six manufacturers will cheap out on the suspension Moto Guzzi yeah. apparently mm-hmm. does, does mm-hmm. pretty yeah. good stuff on there.
9: Yeah. What Of course he's
10: a Moto Guzzi dealer. It was but
4: a <laughs> Moto Guzzi V11 Le Mans Rosa Corsa one of 50 uh, important to the US.
3: Mm. Oh is that the one with the red frame and the red number 7?
9: That's a lot well, of has, red. And the the red checkered flag. And it has it com-
4: looks like a cafe
10: racer right? It has yeah.
4: complete yeah. all in yeah. suspension front and back. Okay, that what? It's a cool looking yeah. I googled oh. it. It's pretty.
9: Yeah, yeah.
8: it's pretty.
9: Nice. So, no, he definitely is ready or wanting to ride. No, I can see you on that, Henry. He's not very (laughs) fast on crutches.
8: (laughs) Oh, my God.
5: (laughs) Nobody is, but you'll have abs of steel after this. Well, at least it's not your
3: shifting
4: leg. Yeah, I know. I can actually get on the bike Ah. right now if I want just need some link (laughs) brakes
0: i
5: (laughs) I have foldable crutches that i can lend you that i was riding with oh yeah Yeah. they fold up and fit in a backpack
2: guzies have link brakes anyway there
0: you go you're good
5: yeah so you're Ah. good
2: yeah you you plop down on the pedal of a goozy your um rear brake and your left front brake just the like front disc work together, and then you honk on the lever, and the right one comes in. Just like my VFR. Oh, but he can only yep. hit
0: the lever right now. Not
2: oh, the dear.
3: You're going to be using yeah. your front brake anyways.
2: Yeah, brake
0: you'll be
4: fine. What well, could no. go wrong? Just I was make,
1: going for a long
4: time without any rear brake on my VFR. It's fine.
1: Don't Jesus. Just make sure you don't need to put your right foot down real fast at any point.
8: <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I wanted to. Um, we're still trying to catch up with emails. I want to try and Email get a time. bunch of emails. Um. This is how bad I am. We're trying to catch up. Happy Christmas and Merry Holidays.
3: <laughs> <laughs> ho, ho, ho. That's a ways off.
0: Oh, oh, oh. I know. Oh, really? it's, this is from, from Michelle DeVries. She says, I've been listening to your show for a few months now. Hello, Michelle. By listening to new ones as they are released and catching up chronologically from the beginning.
8: Oh, sorry. All, wow. uh, <laughs> all
0: your shows are <laughs> fantastic and warm my heart and spirit. Oh, mm. uh, She says, as, as I and my husband are. In the vegetable hauling business, uh, we get down to the Salinas and the, uh, to Salinas in the area very often. Oh, I recognize many of the places you mentioned, and so I sort of feel a kinship. Oh. We've parked at Moss Landing a number of times. Mm-hmm. I really like the place, and it reminds me of my home in Cowichan Bay, Vancouver Island, Cowichan. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I'm a new rider, having taken what you guys call the MSF class last mm. August, good for you. and I passed the road test on November 17th. It's mm. been great, and I love it. A DR650 is my bike. It's hey, perfect. Hey, that's a good one. Good choice. Yeah. She says it's perfect for her forestry road aspirations. Fucking A, dude. Right. Hell yeah. She says, well, this is long enough. Keep up the great show. Keep having fun, and keep building an inclusive community, except maybe for the squids. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you, Michelle DeVries, and uh, send us an update. I want to see how the writing is going. And, yeah, if you're coming down to Salinas and Moss Landing, mm-hmm. you got to come visit us.
3: Yeah, let us T- know. Yeah. To be fair, we take the squids, and then they eventually turn into krakens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we try to make them uh, live long
1: enough to uh, do crazy shit when they go older.
0: Bagel, what do you have there?
1: Uh, I have an email from David Rupps. David. Hello, David Rupps. And David writes, hey, gang, how's things? All the best in the new year just finished watching The Sobbing Scooterist. <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome. <laughs> can, can we say next weekend Bagel next has a fan is the uh, Portland Moto Film Festival.
2: Yes. In bagel Port- has one
1: fan. In Portland, Oregon. <laughs> so yeah, if anybody wants to come see the movie come to the Portland Moto Film Festival <laughs> next
0: and, weekend. And look for Bagel.
1: Yes, with Big Red Beard. <laughs>
0: He'll be sobbing.
1: He's going to have a cool uh,
3: badge that says, you know, press or whatever.
1: Cool. <laughs> Is that going to say BMF? Yeah. Uh, anyway, David continues he says, Bagel, you crushed it, man. Well done. Thank you very much, David. And he says, not sure whose mischievous mind came up with the having the little girl flip Bagel the bird Liza. But that's some biker shit right there. And it says, cheers to everyone involved. Almost makes me want to wave to scooters now. Ah. Oh, don't do that, David. He says, quick question for Bagel or anyone, I've been talking to my daughters about getting into biking. They're both in their mid twenties, mm. and 50 cc scooters would be the simplest way for us to get them started. Cheap to insure and maintain, they wouldn't need a motorcycle license, etc., etc. So basically, buy the scooters, take some safety riding courses, gear up, and ride. So, can you recommend a scoot a scoot that's outside the norm? Something that's really kind of cool, but doesn't get the attention it should flies under the radar for some reason and isn't typical. I want to try and find them something that when they look at it, they'll get all giddy and want to ride Mm. like I do with my bikes. And it continues, I've been loving the podcast and Jim, your bike camping trips out in the desert sound amazing. I got to do that. Uh, thanks, Emma, for your guidance with the CB six hundred and fifty carbs. I'll let you know how the bike turns out. Shout out to Liza and all your weirdo- all you, your weirdos at the garage. It's a great time listening to y'all. Did
0: you hear that, Liza, and you weirdos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are we just and the weirdos? Actually, yeah. actually it Liza the weirdos? Actually, person. what he wrote was and all your weirdos. Okay, so uh, we're okay. like you're like your your <laughs> pets yes. or something. Okay. <laughs> that's demeaning. That's rare okay. collection.
2: Bagel is in fact so, a weirdo with a. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and Dave writes, P.S., uh, for weird. my up the butt bike, yes. I, mm. I kind of have a fetish for mm. bikes that feel light and rippy and two-stroke. So, yes, mm-hmm. I'd consider mm-hmm. being violated for RD350 YPVS. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, or, uh, or RZ500. Yes, mm-hmm. but yes, you could for sure bend me over for a Suzuki Gamma 500. <laughs> yes, preferably the Walter Wolf special. Yes,
0: that, that, <laughs> that there is a sign of a true motosexual.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yep.
0: So, uh, interesting, so. uh, lightweight. Like scooter, yes. Is there anything electric coming out in that?
2: No, I th- scooters are death traps. If he puts his daughter on a scooter, <laughs> maybe No,
0: there are some neat. There
8: are some
1: neat electric scooters right now. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I have not been that. following a lot of the, the smaller electric scooters just because that's yeah. not what I really. Well, no, kind of I mean before.
0: because if the, if she was saying something small like a fifty cc, so right, the, a lot of the electrics that are coming out would be in that range. Exactly, so they top be, speed be like thirty five. Right, miles they'd be classified
1: like that. Um, what about what about a I, Buddy Bagel? I mean, I, you know, I know Phil
2: swears by this. Yes,
1: for yeah. for for a gasoline scooter, I would hands down recommend a Buddy for for a a uh, uh, someone who's new to riding because it's a it's just an all around great bike. Uh, they do make a fifty cc version, but I would. Say, I mean, un- unless you live somewhere where there's a lot of 25 mile an hour streets, like everywhere you would go, I would really recommend getting at least a 125 because Cat. it's so much more practical and useful. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious yeah. if
9: the like different stages of the zeros would be. No, 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 no. We're, no. we're talking much no. no. oh. Zero, zeros, zeros would not uh, fulfill mm-hmm. a scooterist's needs. Right. Um, so, mm-hmm. what do you
5: think? But I'm actually thinking, I mean, along the lines of, I know it's not a scooter, but like a K-pipe or a ROM. Yeah, yeah, It's light Wait, it's close to the ground, oh. it's not going to be. The ROM is actually pretty awesome. Does wheelies on demand? Yeah. Does
6: wheelies on demand?
5: Yeah. Wheelies on demand? Yeah. I'm
0: first. Uh, no, uh, no, 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 me. Because yeah, I don't yeah, want you, you to would. say what I'm thinking. I'm going to go really out of left field. Okay. This is my favorite moped of all time. Mm. It is. Highly collectible. Yes. Yeah.
2: Very cool.
0: Yes. MB5.
2: Oh, yeah! Hmm. With the three spoke wheels. MB5. you even, even find the it? Honda MB5. Uh, you, can look, a you can look,
0: but they look like yeah. a cafe racer, but these mm, are uh, mm. mopeds from the 80s. What about like a Trail 90? Yeah. Well, uh, she, uh, she said something... Do you want to spend $2,000? She said something kind of unique. That's just something. Here. Here. <laughs> just yeah. Like yeah. The yeah. the world doesn't give a shit <laughs> about And us. the MB5 <laughs> is, is, is that.
3: I think the Grom is a good winning.
0: Yeah. In, I
3: mean, if it's the fuzzy edge between like a scooter and a really, you know, good light weight
1: weight, motorcycle or a rodent or there there is also just if you want to go for something that's older something vintage uh finds uh, a honda passport yeah Yeah, yeah,
0: wait a minute i found something recently oh shoot i don't remember the name it was on craigslist it is a brand new imitation no no Mm
2: -hmm.
0: hold on passport it was an imitation passport
2: no. That them. looked really cool. I think, though, it is made by Zhong. Zhong Chen. Well, oh. well, if you're if you're gonna get a Dong <laughs> Well, if, if,
1: if you're gonna get an imitation passport, uh, Sim makes one called the Sim. Simba. Yeah, right. And and it's 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 not a bad bike. It's you know it's it's, it's same sort of size and shape, um, same basic layout as as the passport. Um, I
2: got to be honest with you. If if if. if if I was restricted to a 50cc scooter, so there you go, 50cc scooter, I'd buy another C3. Mm. I think they're wonderful. Yeah. And they are so
7: funny looking. Yeah. They oh, and you can fill a whole suitcase in that thing. True.
2: Well, you know, you can fill it up with ice. So, well, like, like, like his <laughs> daughters, have, if they're then going have to school. Like vodka or whatever. martinis.
7: Yeah, no, that's a cool
1: one. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, no, I love c- that thing. c
2: is great. And, and, safe, easy and I, to
1: ride. And a friend of mine rode a C3 from coast to coast across the United States on the Cannonball in 2010, and that bike did <laughs> amazingly well.
2: <laughs> did you know there that is. is the... First fuel-injected scooter. Is it really? Yeah. Are fifty cc? Fifty cc. huh Well, I, I seem know. to remember. You know, the the power delivery is quite underwhelming. Well, it's a fifty cc. It's a fifty cc. But, but yeah, C3. Get but, a C3, darling. I like that it one. Actually, That's a good good call. Yamaha C3. What a what a fabulous little thing.
1: Right. But it, it actually outperformed the Ruckus. Uh, because it was writing side by side with a ruckus and it. it did a little bit better than the ruckus overall I would say well there
0: you go I think we all agreed you should get a Grom okay Zach what do you have
1: <laughs> uh, I got two whoa two
0: what?
6: I got one from John I got one from Gordy do you want to share one of them no, no I'm good okay. I, all right, I'll do go both. for both. <laughs> alright so uh, Gordy Says, hey, Miss Fitz. Hi uh, I'm emailing you all the way from not so sunny Aberdeen, Scotland.
8: Oh, it's oh. the new. <laughs> he says he's a first
6: time emailer, having and having been listening to. He's have, have been listening to the show for over a year now. Felt the need to email Damn. as he was listening to this week's episode with Robert Panja. Mm-hmm. A really interesting interview, which he enjoyed greatly. He says, one of the reasons that Robert gave for people not getting into motorcycling now is that others say that it's too dangerous and there's too many fatalities. Henry,
0: tell him it's not dangerous. No, that's okay. There you go.
6: (laughs) And he says uh, that this opinion has always bugged me. He lives in the Aberdeenshire area, which is the worst fatality rate in Scotland for traffic road conditions. So when people say motorcycles are dangerous, he says, yes, there's obviously an increased risk in riding a bike, but I can unfortunately name you seven of my friends who've been killed in car collisions, I cannot name you anyone who I've known right. personally that has been killed on a motorcycle. No,
0: I can't go both seven ways. Of them. Um, said,
3: get above i He got my point take on that, but yeah, sorry, go
6: ahead he says he's only been riding for seven months now, as his mum and ex wife note the ex part of wife, which is why he now has a bike. Oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. We're dead against him. we're yep, dead against well him getting a motorbike. Uh but he says if you are sensible and keep your head screwed on, in my opinion, it's not any more dangerous than driving a car. Cheers, Gordy. Yeah.
2: Hey, goody. Um It's kind of unrelated to bikes, but there's a show that they they show on PBS over here called Shetland. It's a, it's a uh, detective show, and a lot of times it's filmed in Aberdeen. Oh God, what a beautiful city! Mm -hmm. You are very, very lucky. That is a beautiful part of the world. Um, The weather looks a bit fierce, though. Especially this time of year. Oh, good Lord. And
6: uh, number two? So
5: So, I'm just going to chime in really quick here. Um, I sincerely hope that you never get in an accident. um, But when you do, um, you're going to have a little tilt shift in your head when you realize that there's absolutely nothing between you and the
4: ground Yeah.
5: <laughs> and how fucking bad it hurts when you hit.
4: Yeah.
5: <laughs> um, it, it is inherently more dangerous to ride a motorcycle than drive a car because you don't have a cage around you that's protecting you.
10: 38 well, times.
5: You don't have airbags. You don't have the visibility of other drivers who are used to seeing cars. Um, there are so many factors that you just you lack when you have a motorcycle. That being said there's a reason why so many people do it it's it's great and it's fantastic and that's and if that's enough for you um it should be what you say to people you should say i i understand that there's inherently a risk to riding motorcycles it is enough for me and that's all that really matters yeah statistics being
3: what it is and you could kind of skew statistics to whatever you want yeah see your view but It's it's statistically, per mile driven, motorcycling is more dangerous. And two, probably one of the main reasons why you don't see too many motorcyclists being injured, in your view, is because there aren't as many motorcyclists as there are car drivers. Uh, Exactly. So that'll that'll skew your biases quite a bit. For
2: what it's worth, I've been in an extremely bad car accident. I've been in an extremely bad motorcycle accident. I'll take my chances on a motorcycle any day.
0: You could say that airplanes are definitely more dangerous. Well, than if you get involved in stuff. a wreck, you no, it's not. No. No. so no. much safer. No. 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 Airplanes are definitely more dangerous, but they go through so many more methods of safety and and they're so much more careful to prevent accidents. I still think that um, we can do more to prevent accidents. I still say we are responsible for any accident yeah. on the road. Yeah. Keep
4: your wits about you.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, uh, number two. Number
6: two, this is from John. Hey, John. Uh, from Bloomington, Minnesota.
8: Oh, oh, yeah. says,
0: probably not doing a lot of riding right now. Uh,
6: mm-hmm. Probably He's got green <laughs> motorcycles. Uh, Liza and the mm-hmm. Misfits greeting from greetings from the tundra of <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> uh, tundra. Uh, he says he learned of the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast from a free oh, right. newsletter. Yeah, really?
0: that I remember That they this. have
6: there called the Motor Minnesota Motorcycle Monthly mm-hmm. in their September 2014 issue. Golly. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Years ago. Meet yeah. yeah. me the big yeah. leagues, uh, Which featured the best motorcycle podcast. This mm-hmm. newsletter, he says, is found in, in about just about every motorcycle shop in the Minneapolis metro area. And not only were we f- featured, but Cleveland Moto was yeah. as well. well
8: Wait, wow. who was better?
6: So we, uh, <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't say. Uh, but uh, he said he started listening from the beginning. Again, sorry. Uh, as there weren't too many episodes back then, and he has not stopped. Uh, okay. I want to thank us all, because even though he got his motorcycle endorsement over 15 years ago, he didn't buy his first motorcycle until starting listening to the podcast, yeah.
8: uh, Ooh, which
6: presumably it. was uh, four years ago. Cool. Um and he said he bought a 1980 Honda CB750 Supersport.
8: Yeah, oh, that's what nice. I have.
6: It says he really liked that bike. This bike never, never getting rid of the damn hanging idle, no matter what he tried with the carbs. <laughs> and He <laughs> guesses that's what he gets for buying a bike with four of them. Yeah. 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 Oh, says, oh yeah, you made that you. bad. Yeah. Feel your pain. Uh, feel your pain. It says he recently sold it and he's looking to replace it. Uh, by the time the snow melts, the primary goal is to find something fuel and in- with fuel injection, if he never wants to tear apart. <laughs> To resync another carb again, he's thinking an <laughs> SV2 650, which I can tell you, yes. come carbureted if you want, and there's only two. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he says loves the, love the podcast. Keep him coming, and sent his self-addressed stamped envelope for the Emma's Army stickers, and he's proud to be part of it. Oh, give it the
2: beans, darling! (laughs) Happy writing,
6: John from
2: Bloomington.
6: John, nice
2: email. Thank you, darling. Thank you, sir.
10: I have another email from a Minnesota listener who
2: started
0: started
10: at number one. This is from Minnesota
0: Monthly. Really paid off. Goddamn the cover essay. (laughs) Uh,
10: Who's it? From, Who's it from? From Mason
2: mason hello mason yep
10: uh misfits i really want to start by blowing sunshine up your asses like all the <laughs> others, like all the others that write in amazing <laughs> yeah. no, we just don't read the other ones your wit knowledge and harley bashing makes life better
8: for me <laughs> <laughs> You're just i've just been hearing I've,
10: I've been hearing from friends for a few years that podcasts are the best way to travel well i decided to take their advice starting about mid-november 2017 since then i've listened since podcast one and i'm now into the 160s just eight weeks later. Wow. Wow. I'm in, I'm in sales in. and cover 13 states, so uh, I have a lot of windshield uh, time. Mm-hmm. The podcast has really helped with time more than music ever has. That's the thank mm. you part.
1: Oh, the, F,
10: the Oh, this is titled <laughs> thank you and F you.
1: And
8: <laughs> <laughs> Here it comes. Here comes the F. The
10: new uh, part. Bring it, baby. Is that I live in Minnesota.
8: <laughs> yeah. Also
10: I got a new-to-me bike near the end of October uh, 2017, oh. but rode into December and teens in temperature. Not wow. too unusual.
8: Mm.
10: Now the snow, and worse, the salt is on the road, so Ooh. bikes are put yeah, away yeah. until the first major rain. Yes. The sumo may come out with the dirt wheels if we get yes. that random Do it. February Yay. day. Rap, rap. Until then, I'm stuck living vicariously through your words, being constantly reminded of how much I love riding. Yeah. There's a small mm. group like your garage in Duluth, Minnesota called the Moto Dojo. Hmm. So nice. quick shout out. Cool it. name. Oh, cool powerful. name so quick Mm. shout out to them you used to ask for listener rides and up the butt bikes Attached RFU. Oh. He's got a gold wing that his father bought new in 75. Oh, uh, fantastic. it's beautiful nice. it's, it's like it's cafe. It looks like 70. It says 75 on the back. Hmm. Uh, he's got a new BMW, BMW you, GS. <laughs> mm. um, nice a KT. let's couple a uh, couple dirt bikes rad picture of him Blasting through what looks like a shallow stream or a huge mud puddle on a yeah, um, buddy by color, that's gotta be a Kawasaki dirt bike. And, uh, yeah. And, and a picture of his first bike, which is a little, uh, Scooter thing that looks like it was welded together from pipes and uh, <laughs> what? I don't know what it is. It's like a scooter here, bagel. Well, Take a look it. at it. Second picture it's down. One of
3: those crack pipe scooters. Yeah.
10: <laughs>
1: you can't not find one. Pipe make your own.
10: Pipe. Holy cow! But that's he's like a... real young in that picture, and he says his mom did not appreciate the six pairs of shoes he went through that summer. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> what
1: that's, says, awesome. That? that's awesome. that? He says. That?
0: Awesome. Yeah. Uh, um... no, so we used to be able to order these through what Sears. It? It's yeah, a Rigid with the small wheels and a pull start. Oh, like a Briggs and Stratton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. What, what was oh, the name okay.
2: of those? I forget. Like a Rupp mini bike. It, it had this piece rigid. of wood on the back that mm. was fully rigid
10: or mm. something. Yeah. He says he Second fucking cruised hard. So. <laughs> uh, so He says I have fa- uh, his up-the-butt bike would either be a real Dunstall Norton slash Triton or a replica mm, yeah. Kenny Roberts RZ350. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Liza, your triple tracker is really close. Thank he says. you. Uh, he says I have family in SoCal and so hope to cruise the one someday. If so, I'll plan oh. the trip around a Sunday fun day at the garage and mm. hope for a tour guide. Yeah. Cool. Keep up all the amazing podcasts and I'm dreading the day I get caught up. I'll have to switch over to Phil and run their catalog, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> P.S. Liza, the mud shot is for you. Keep your boots on the pegs <laughs> yeah, and pin it.
0: Exactly. Um, this has given me an amazing idea. All right. So I realize that there's so many people uh, around the country in Canada who don't get to ride at seasonal riding. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I know, like, uh, I have relatives who live in a snow area, and they got a treadmill in their garage for their dog. <laughs>
8: Uh, which then I I started
0: thinking wait a minute do you guys know what Peloton what Peloton Mm -hmm. is yeah so it's a stationary bike workout that's got a screen and you can Mm -hmm. watch other people you know the instructor dudes what if we created a treadmill that you could put your bike on <laughs> oh, like a dino stand yes you could run the bike and be watching the screen and, and be going huh. through the, the hills or the countryside oh you can choose where you want to go we can take cameras and go film our rides right and create oh. videos
7: didn't john dalton do that when his Viraga wasn't uh, running yeah, and
6: put a
4: youtube yeah, video can. up on his that's horse. absolutely did.
0: and you can put it on a treadmill or like a dino and then
6: you could you we're in zero calories
2: this hour. And
8: you could go, go for <laughs> yeah. a ride.
2: and you could put just, like uh, a hair dryer
8: <laughs> yes. facing
2: you above the screen and pretend yes. you're in Southern oh, California. Gonna, just yes, riding it through, it, through the uh, desert. Oh, make, sure, uh,
3: make sure you have the door open when you when
1: you have that motor running. You know what I mean? I've, oh, point, I've got even <laughs> better idea, Liza. What's that? What if you got some zeros and created an indoor track that you could ride them on all winter long?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like a go-kart track kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Supermoto, yeah, Supermoto sure. style.
9: Uh, All you need is a warehouse.
1: Right? Yeah,
9: yeah, exactly. And, and I, I can so attest that the, the brain and the body have a connection, and but you can detach them and still get the enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Um, go, but when you, you get both... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: we need to start looking for some treadmills at like garage sales. Can, can I mention my my
9: New Year's Eve included a virtual reality video of uh, Brock and mm-hmm. Jocelyn. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. we went riding, and Brock had videoed. Uh, so I got three sixty virtual reality of a GS twelve hundred riding experience. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool idea for a winter Mm. like I'm saying we should start making videos for people yeah Yeah, we should so uh, I
0: tell you what if you have a uh, if you have a treadmill (laughs) (laughs) uh, that fits your bike let us know we'll make some videos for you just um uh, uh, and I'm going to say the first two are free. Yep.
1: Um. Put it on YouTube. <laughs> we it will just, not. Just vent yeah. the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the exhaust to the outside,
2: please. Yeah. We will not pay I'm, for your broken uh, treadmill. If anyone <laughs> wants to send me a, a, a brown envelope, I will uh, make a motosexual video for them.
3: <laughs> Gross.
0: Um. Gross. <laughs> Oh All right, God. Emma, simmer down. <laughs> Sorry. Do you, do, you have any, do you have an email there to, <laughs> to read? Actually, I do. Why don't you read that?
2: You know, before I get into the meeting, I was reminded, looking at the KTM, you know, I, I read somewhere, and I can't remember where it was, it might have been in my imagination, that... KTM are coming out with a special body-coloured paint, so you can actually paint your face orange so you match your bike better. <laughs> oh, <good> what?
10: what? <laughs> I thought you meant paint the bike flesh Zach? tone.
2: No. <laughs> okay. So, uh, <laughs> Misfits! Yeah. <laughs> That's us. This is from Patrick, and I'm not even going to attempt his second name, because it's one of those New Orleans type second oh. names. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. what is it? I'm McFiddlewanker. No, I'm going to... No. It's Mahubarak. See? Oh, okay. Told you. What? Yeah, Mahubarak. Okay, there you go. So, hello from New Orleans, Louisiana, which is the other LA. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all f- so much for having Robert Panda on the show. Uh, uh, thanks to him and another series of events, I rented the movie Larry Crown, he yes. mentioned. Yes. And sat my... Fiance down to watch it with me. So oh. This is a good email. And she I made the grave mistake of mentioning that. In quotes, mm-hmm. she would like to ride scooters together.
8: Got bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> finally back out of that
2: one. <laughs> finally, I get get the missus on two wheels. Yes. Time to sh- start shopping for scoots and gear. Hey, what well, th- what a great start. So anyway, P.S. Um, you'll often talk about how expensive gear is on the show, yes it is expensive what are your thoughts on reconditioning used gear specifically leather um, hmm. I have had some very good luck reconditioning leather items most recently a blue leather A-Stars jacket that had previously been in a low speed slide bought for 60 bucks on eBay all the surface mm-hmm. scuffs were covered relatively easily with a bit of water based leather dye and leather conditioner work wonders on the rest if you like the idea let the world know so we can put riders in better quality gear couple of thoughts on this Patrick Um, yeah it's a fantastic idea but there are limitations if you buy a piece of gear that's got a very very minor scuff and basically cosmetic damage if you want to put a bit of color on it and recondition the leather that's great now remember that leather's primary job why do we wear leather because it protects you Mm -hmm. so if you're dealing with major scarves it's not going to protect you as well because the leather itself is going to be thin in that area now if you fall off a bike there are all kinds of computer models for it but the chances are the same extremities are going to go down your hands that's why we wear gloves elbows knees stuff like that so if you buy a a jacket or pants that have been damaged in a crash there's a damn good chance that if you crash in them you're going to hit the same area so for minor scuffs and cosmetic damage that's great for anything major yeah it's a no-no it's not going to protect you as well as it should yeah And, unfortunately, if you're buying used gear, there's no way of knowing. Helmets are a complete no-no. Once a helmet... Strictly speaking, if you drop a helmet from the height of your bike, it's done. Nobody ever does. I mean, this is the real world. But if you want the maximum amount of protection from your helmet, if you've got it hanging on the handlebar like we all do, and it falls on the floor... You should throw it away. Sorry,
8: mm-hmm.
2: I mean you know you've got an eight hundred dollar Arai helmet and it yes. falls off the handlebar and goes crack. According oh,
3: to the manufacturer, yes. According well, to the manufacturer, they want you to send it to them and ins-
2: have it inspected. Right? Yeah. Know, no. Let you know, typically, um, you know, yeah, helmet manufacturers are in the business of selling you helmets, yes, but they're yeah. also in the produ- business of protecting your head. Yes. yes. So it's a double edged sword. um have I worn a helmet for a long time after it's fallen off the handlebar of my bike? Yes, of course we all have. But um, should I have one crashed? Now. I'm. No, al-
10: I'll, <laughs> uh, I, I'll throw a couple caveats in there. It, it, it's it's not as damaging to the helmet if your head isn't in it. Right. Right. That's not gonna. That's so the the helmet if you drop it straight on the, like if you're holding it you drop it, it goes straight down. First of all, about one percent of impacts go to the top of your head in a crash. Right. And mm-hmm. second, if your head wasn't in it, your foam isn't it's not probably rushed. wasn't yeah. damaged, especially if yeah. you just dropped it from like hand height. Now, should you still get a new helmet? Uh, yeah. You probably send it into the manufacturer. Like that's not an ideal helmet anymore. And but right. is it better than nothing? No, but, it's still. Get a, a
0: new helmet, helmet and give that but, to your passenger. But addressing <laughs> exactly.
2: addressing Patrick's concern, oh. buying used helmet, it's a mugs game. Mm-hmm. Buying used jacket, pants.
0: And, and for reconditioning leather, yeah. I have Minwax or, you know, um, mink, mink oil. Right. Mink oil, yeah. mink oil works good, and it
2: also will um, weatherproof exactly. it more. So yeah, it just refreshing but it. I've you done know,
7: well with the, the used leather. I'm, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, but yeah, you I've know, boots, ex- Santa jacket.
2: expensive used clothes, actually, are where it's at. Um, you know, e- pretty much everybody here knows that I've got a certain taste in footwear. I'd like to. And chime I on. rarely buy new footwear because to me, buying a $300 pair of shoes used on eBay for 30 bucks is better than going to Ross and buying a $30 pair of shoes. Mm-hmm.
8: Mm-hmm.
9: Yeah, uh, likewise. Uh, so, boots in particular, um, I bought mine used and then they ran out of, uh, I wore them lovingly, tread just dissolved and so I used a Dremel tool and retreaded my boots okay.
1: Wow! <laughs>
9: take so it, take the it. leather it came out is great, great oh. the, it, yeah I can show photos it looks pretty cool um, but the leather is still fine so used gear for certain things, yeah. Do we well leather, espe-
7: nice. leather especially because new it's stupid expensive mm-hmm. for what you get. I mean a shitty or a, 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 a lesser end is still six seven hundred dollar jacket.
0: And uh, I wanted to let you know that um, I did share the the part of the email with Robert Panja where uh, your wife wanted to get into writing. He he appreciated that. Very cool. good yeah
2: right so on so yeah pass it a lot no that's that's a great email thank you patrick yeah, and just yeah. also just one more thing
3: is another issue with uh leathers too uh <laughs> or as far as abrasion sometimes your your stitches will get blown out yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and even yeah. though these things are like you know a good quality will be double stitched they'll have like a safety stitch kind of a system going on uh the abrasion will just destroy these stitches and especially if it's around a seam you know it's
1: that it seems compromised yeah but you can stitch it back together.
3: You could way. hypothetically stitch it back together, but yeah. again, the leather at that point is, is abraded and there's yeah. not as much material. Kat, sure. <laughs> so.
5: what do you got there? Uh, I have an email from Major Tom.
0: Major Tom! Can you? Can you can Major Tom? Major
3: Tom. himself.
5: Um, so it says, hi, misfits. I haven't written in a while, but I'm still listening and enjoying your content. Mm. On Tuesday, I caught up with your holiday period podcast that I wanted to pass my appreciation to Sid for mentioning me during the highlights yeah. of 2017 segment. All right. I think she was trying to deflect attention from her more notable Rex, but no one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. She totally would. My trip... There was definitely a highlight of 2017 for me, as was the cross-country ride a few weeks later.
8: Yeah.
5: Somewhat uh, somewhat reluctantly, I will share a misfit moment uh, during that trip. Uh, It was 5.15 a.m. in Colby, Kansas, with the fun bits of the ride largely over. I planned a 500-mile day that would land me near St. Louis. Uh, I tried to be deliberate, packing up tediously and even putting on sunscreen where the sun would soon hit. That way I wouldn't have to stop later. But alas, I rolled the bike forward without starting it to exit the parking lot in a quiet manner. Um, sort of like how you guys bail from the garage on Sundays, Uh, (laughs) when it came to an abrupt stop. Uh I forgot Mm. to take the cable lock out of its perch through my tire, through my frame, and on top of my fender. It had tightened as I rolled forward, crunching both the fender and Mm. the fork slider to halt my progress. All that from just a small push.
3: Mm -hmm. It's a big bike.
5: Hope he has some bubblegum. I (laughs) found out through much cursing and... uh, Lamentations that it was still writable and ended up riding much of the day through blasting Kansas heat, wind, truck exhausts with nothing else on my mind.
0: Uh, hold is on. It, is it Sentence. a big word, cat? Just no, no, skip no, the over the big words. Word.
5: <laughs> Rude.
8: <laughs> sentences are <laughs> making sense. Hold
5: on. Uh, with nothing else on my mind that n- my newly damaged, formerly beautiful street glide. It ended. Mm. It ended well after thirty after a thirty day stupidity penalty paid to my wife. <laughs> I bought a custom Fender, had it painted by FactoryMatch.com, dot com, hmm. bought new fork sliders, fork seals, and oil, and replaced everything in my garage. Cool. Wow. Uh, the bike, back to looking as good as it rides, though. Though it is buried in the shed right now because. There has been snow on the ground here for weeks and all the mm. roads are covered in salt. Mm. Speaking of the Rust Belt, when you come to Vintage Days in 2018, yeah. I hope to see you there. Yeah. yeah.
10: yeah. Hey, hey. If the man himself
5: needs a place to crash on the way there or back. I will gladly host. Ah, uh, thanks, awesome. Major Tom.
8: Hey. Very cool. Um,
5: don't hesitate to drop me a line and come on over. Indy is on the way. Keep up the great work. I love it. Best wishes in twenty eighteen. Semper Fidelis Major Tom Oh Yay. thanks
2: Major yeah, Tom yeah, yeah. You know We forget out here But you know I, My motorcycling career started in England Just how devastating salt is on a motorcycle Oh uh, anything You know on anything, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But, but motorbikes, motorbikes in particular. There's a lot of surface area. There's a lot of surface area, lots of nooks and crannies, there's a lot of bare aluminium, there's oh, a lot yeah. of lots lacquered. Of, lots
1: of steel bolts going into
2: oh, aluminium. Oh. Yeah. It, it yeah. And time and time again back in the seventies, <laughs> you know, me and my friends would buy beautiful bikes. One winter one winter storm and the salting trucks come out, and you go out, mm-hmm. and your formerly beautiful bike just ruined. Yep, and yeah. they never look the same again. Nope. Yeah. Well,
0: and um, thank you, everyone, for the emails. I wanted to give a quick update. Emma, we had um, mentioned uh, recently, we were talking about how when we started riding, there really wasn't motorcycle gear. No, there except wasn't. Except... For the iconic motorcycle jacket.
2: Black leather jacket. And I actually found a
0: really interesting article on that. Did you know that was created by an American company called Shots? They are still running today. They invented that jacket. Uh, They—they're the ones who put the zipper onto leather jackets back in the 1920s. Mm. Wow! They created that jacket, and then it took off with the wild yeah. ones. Right. And oh, with the collar
3: and the, the, yeah, the, the classic collar, look, the classic yeah, yeah. Biker, biker jacket. Look. Yeah. And actually, yeah. when the
0: movie came out, they were really concerned because it was being equated with those bad bikers, hmm. and the jackets were being banned in schools. Oh my! They were God. really concerned, but instead, so many people wanted that image, even of though course. it was a bad image, <laughs> that they continued to sell them to the this day right the great grandson of the original owner hmm. is still running the company still making those jackets cool. and that jacket it, the model is called the perfecto
8: wow yeah. so you can actually
0: find a original shot perfecto on ebay they run about 500 dollars wow
3: mm-hmm. i remember watching terminator 2 and when arnold wore oh, that jacket, so back when I was like you know 13 i was like "Fuck, i want that <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: give me your clothes yeah, give me your boots your clothes <laughs> um, like, but wh- interestingly <laughs> enough the the american look and the british look differed slightly um the jacket was the same mm. the jeans were the same but american riders always had their boots inside their jeans yeah british riders the boots were outside your jeans with a white sock which were like navy issue socks folded out over the top Hmm. so you'd have tall boots with like an inch of white sock above it and then your jeans and the black leather jacket. And that's the classic, what you call a rocker look. Mm-hmm. Right. Usually with a silk scarf and then an open face helmet with your goggles. So if you see some classic like British look. Jack from was, back in the uh, day.
0: Zach was wearing one today, so I went to
2: check his label. Because yeah, if it's yeah. a shot, S C H O T T, shot perfecto. You know, I might one. just treat myself because that's, that's a real iconic look. That's, yeah. You know, yeah, that's old school. Like me. Well, hey.
7: uh, well, we're up in Portland. We're going to be maybe go by that uh, jacket place up there. Was it Lang? Langlitz? Langs? A, yeah. 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 That's a, shot perfecto.
0: Pretty cool. Yeah. 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 So I just wanted to share that. I found that interesting. Um, golly. Yeah. We've it's
3: been a long one. Is it two hours we've
0: done again? Two hours again. Yeah. We got to get so, some HVAC Christ.
7: shit in here,
3: man. Yeah, oh, we do. Yeah.
7: <laughs>
0: get on um,
3: that,
7: Liza.
0: I. You know. So let's get we, out of here. Yeah, but I, I still feel like we're rushing through. But this is that time. Where we thank everyone for listening.
8: Mm-hmm
0: and uh, Remember, for, for send a far. stamped address no. envelope. get stickers. Oh, okay, I thought you were going to ask for
2: pussy pics again. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah,
8: yeah, yeah. Send,
3: send them anyways.
2: Send a stamped address envelope. They're free.
0: Yeah, I've been sending them out. Um, um so again, to our Patreon subscribers, even our new subscribers, I've right. been sending them out. Thank you very much, um, guys. You're, and, if you, and you're going to you get a
1: sticker pack for free. And if do you and you if you do have cats, definitely you can send your no. cat pictures. We yes, cats. cat, no cat pictures. <laughs> but <laughs>
0: but if you uh, are not a, a subscriber and you can just send us a sazy self-addressed st- stamped envelope
2: and we'll send you our stickers i'm yeah,
3: a contributor not not subscriber
2: guaranteed right. yeah do you want to double the value of your bike do you want to triple the value of your bike <laughs> do you want to add sufficient value to the bike to put yourself in the next tax bracket you know what's going to do hey. that an emma's army sticker on the back fender you
3: know you henry you should put one of those stickers on your bike right now so you can get extra
4: insurance money yeah that will make it a five thousand dollar bike right <laughs> now <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly it may just
2: keep the mice from paying in your
1: airbox yeah. <laughs> it's you a go.
2: very exclusive club darlings fly your colors and fly them with pride mm.
0: And, Henry, thanks for coming in. Yeah, Glad you're okay. thanks, I mean, yeah. it is proof, though, that the gear did its job. Oh, yeah. I yep. mean, just the difference between Kat's accident and your accident yeah. just shows. To be fair, I like to do things, like, full, I commit. I'm just saying. Oh, you like, committed wow. to I that squid, drive. Right? You, you splat. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I. You're a splatter. I we know that. Um, but glad you're okay, and that nice. this has not deterred you. And if you do think of anything that you could have done different, let's share it with everyone because I want.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I always try and collect information so we can share it with everyone. What can you be doing differently?
2: Yeah, of course. Can't keep a good man down. And you right also head, right. think of nope. shit
0: like. A year later. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah,
5: you will just wake up in the morning and be like, God damn it. Well,
2: (laughs) you know, biking is a learning curve for all of us. Even people like me and Liza have been doing it for so long. It's a learning curve. And the best thing about this podcast is when we learn, you all learn. There you go. Because we share that wealth. There
0: you go. So I think we're ready to wrap up. Zach, can you tell people how to reach us?
6: I certainly can. You can find us online at motorcyclesandmisfits.com. You can. On Facebook at Recycle Santa Cruz. Amen, brother. Send us an email at Recycle Motorcycle Garage at gmail.com. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 831
1: 291 5112.
4: Order pizza.
1: Broken. oh oh what
8: a
2: dick <laughs> can i final word sarah sarah bettany thank you for sending chocolate i ate it all bringing <laughs> the shit
3: out of them chocolates what oh yeah
2: <laughs> it was great
0: send more thanks again for listening this is liza
3: i am zach i'm Devin. thank you for having me liza sure isaac mm-hmm, bagel <laughs> emma darling kneeharmony.com
8: <laughs> This is Knock. Hello,
4: <laughs> Henry.
0: And we're out of here. Go, go.
8: I thought you had to be a dad to tell dad jokes. <laughs>